5 out of 10 of Fit Life, the Living Stronger series listeners say they feel better 50% of the time they listen. Like you just feel great. Rob and Blake from Sierra Strength and Speed are being joined by Chad Belding today on a Fit Life, the Living Stronger series on Jack Daniels Presents. This life ain't for everybody, and Chad is getting jacked. You look in the mirror, you think you look better, so the better you look, the better you feel, the better you feel, the better you perform. Blake is finding clarity and pushing the limits. When you're deep in it, going through some of those really hard sets, that's where I find some of my therapy. I do some of my best thinking. And Rob is keeping the motivation up and all of us on track. You better spend every day in the weight room. You need to get stronger. And here's what you need to do to get better. Now, here's a Fit Life, the Living Stronger series hosts, Rob and Blake, and special guest, Chad Belding. Blake, welcome back. Rob, thank you. And thank we you. kicked Jake out today and brought in a guest. This is our first guest our inaugural guest, inaugural guest, Chad Belding. Chad, welcome to oh, the other side of the ovation. show. I know, an <laughs> ovation. And he gave up his seat. I didn't care where I sat, really, but I'm going to run the show, I think. Maybe, Is that what your possibly. office looks like, Rob? Like what? The, with all those guns? <laughs> Whiskey and guns everywhere. Whiskey and guns. Um, not, not quite. quite. <laughs> not, I thought there was a mess over there, but no, that's a, that's a clean. No, that's, that's, that's not accidental. I was like, I was like, was there a bunch of papers and, and sticky notes? Sticky notes. No, no, that doesn't look like my office. I would start this not to interrupt you, but feel free. You have organized chaos, I would call it, because there's no yes. way you know where anything is on that desk. Bullshit. No there's no way. Bullshit. No there's no way. Bullshit. There's no way. But it'll pull it ask, out though. If you look ask, for if you ask for something, if you ask pull the jump Blake. rope out of the bottom of it of the desktop, like, <laughs> it would look like confetti. <laughs> you think that there's one string holding yeah, it all together? Yeah, it's like a one string. Pull. Don't touch that string. Yeah, it's a jump rope. We, we could lose the whole building. Could go down <laughs> with that one string. It's probably a post-it note that's actually holding it up. So, so Chad, we, we always start the podcast by saying thank you, Chad Belding, for having us in this Taj Mahal of a, of a room. Yeah. So will you do me a favor, Chad, and just explain for me Banded Brands background and, and just a little bit of everything that goes into Banded. Okay, for 2008, me. we started Banded right here where you're sitting. Obviously, it didn't look like this. It would be more like that shop side. How about that? Did it look like that? Yeah, it looked like that a okay. lot. But it was more of a, a toilet company office because I had a toilet company at the time called Sierra Restroom Solutions with two partners, Charles Opio and Keith Capurro. Portable toilets everywhere, special events, construction, industrial, commercial, home building, road building, you name it. We were chasing contractors all over, you know, from Winnemucca to Tahoe and South and all that. So that turned into Bandit in 2008 after I got an opportunity to start filming this TV show and I named the company Bandit Productions. And it was ran out of right here. Banded would soon turn into a duck call company. Well, first a t-shirt company, because at the time I'm a huge MMA fan, as you know, we were just talking about Hendo's new book. And at the time there was a, you're probably too young to know this, Blake, but there was a show called tap out on a network called versus no spike TV spike. And it was ran by mask and skyscraper and punk ass. The three founders of tap out, which at the time, was the biggest MMA brand with Affliction starting at that time and Tap Out. Okay. Every fighter that walked to the Octagon wore Tap Out. Every back window of everybody in every yeah. town in America that thought they were a good fighter right. had a Tap Out sticker on it. So I start, I watched that show and I was like, man, it's cool. They visit a local gym 
and they look at fighters and they pick a fighter like you're going to be our sponsored athlete with tap out and we're going to get you a pro debut someday and that was the whole emphasis of the show and i just love the culture of it yeah. and at the same time dana white and the ufc is exploding with guys like matt hughes and chuck liddell and randy couture and i mean you arlowski and all that was like the golden years for me of fighting yeah. in mixed martial arts now it's totally different but Banded became a production company. And then that segment that ended up turning into what it is today started as a tap out style, full frontal in your face style clothing. And my first shirt was called double cluck and jive because Canada geese double cluck and Axl Rose on use your illusion. One had a song called double talk and jive on guns and roses. So it was two geese talking smack back and forth. And I wore on one episode and it blew up. Nice. The buyer at Cabela's in Sydney, Nebraska called me and said, Hey, I keep hearing about this banded brand in these shirts. We want them in the stores. And that's how banded took off, turned into a call company a year later. And then in 2011, it turned into what it is today, which is the biggest waterfowl hunting gear company on the planet. And the leader in the country, we came out, we revolutionized waders and everything. And then the foul life's going because that was our, our marketing mechanism for getting it out. We're on the sportsman's channel at the time. And now we're airing season 15 on the outdoor channel with Benelli wow. being our title sponsor. And then off of Bandit in 2015, we were able to purchase a company that I cut my teeth with in 2001, Avery Outdoors out of Memphis, Tennessee. And we bought Avery. We bought their sister companies, Greenhead Gear Decoys and Avery Sporting Dog. And we put those all under the Bandit umbrella. So this little dream of a duck hunting show soon turned into a huge manufacturing company, a multimedia company and TV and podcasting and live events and social media public speaking engagements. I mean, I've been lucky enough to speak to like the master's class of students for master's business at Colorado State. I know one of the PhD professors up there and they've had me come in and speak on the entrepreneurial spirit of America. Not that I'm a know-it-all about business, but just kind of like the tenacity that it takes to really drive a brand. And when you have a vision or a dream, it's so hard. And, and, you know, and I think that that's how it parlays into where I'm at today when I, I just turned 49 and I've not had a boss since 1999 when I graduated college. I've been out on my own ever since. And there's been ups and downs, but I think that with the message that you guys are always stressing in your podcast and at your gym is that you have to make a better version of yourself daily. You got to strive for excellence. You can't cut corners. You got, you know, you have all these signs on the walls. It's not like going to a dentist office where it's got a picture of Disneyland that says dream big. It like literally says, what is character? What is selflessness? What is character doing the right thing when nobody's looking? Mm -hmm. And that's what I've always tried to do. Made mistakes, but I think that fitness and your body is your temple and trying to drive yourself is it parlays into what we do in hunting because I like I told you when I was just in Canada for 15 days. My heart rate never got above 160, I bet. And I was sprinting in and out, picking up geese, running back, you know, and mm-hmm. like you just feel great. Yep. Your ligaments feel great. Your tendons feel great. Your muscles, you're in shape and you just perform better. You look in the mirror, you think you look better. So the better you look, the better you feel, the better you feel, the better you perform. And all of that shit, you know, yep. organization is the key to success. Bigger, faster, stronger. Like I learned wasn't necessarily the key for me. Yep. It was 
tone and, and maintaining it and getting somewhere where I can be like what I did in your gym yesterday. Mm-hmm. It surprised the shit out of me. Like I've gained strength in my 40s that I never had in my 30s and 20s. So anyway, yeah. that's kind of like how Bandit started and where we're at. There's a lot more to it and a lot more brands have evolved off of it like Jargon, American Almond Beef, Cowboy Choice, The Provider. And we got our hands in a lot of stuff and it's a lot of moving parts. But being in shape, having a clear mind, everything you stress with hydration, sleep, stretching, inchworms, all that stuff lets you have the ability to drive businesses like that. I think it's a huge factor. You don't yeah. see, and you guys can test me on this, and then I'm going to shut the F up like Blake always says the F word. Um, <laughs> and I love it. But I don't think you see a lot of overweight, out of shape CEOs. The number one one I know in my life is Rick Revilio, and the dude's got 8.7% body fat, right. and he's 57 or 56 years old. Yeah. I don't know if you know a lot that are like big and out of shape and don't take a lot of pride in their appearance. I don't know a lot. There might be them out there and no offense to any of them. I just think that the CEO mentality is to you get one chance with this body. I'm not saying they don't party. I'm not saying they don't cheat. I'm saying that overall, I think they try to take care of themselves. Like you were leading to, I think it's the whole factor, right? You've got to... You start with sleep and you start with your hydration and your diet and it builds into everything. It's like, I got to get up in the morning and I stay on a schedule and I got to make this phone call. And, you know, you keep yourself to a higher standard of what you do, not just personally, but on the business side, because it doesn't stop. You know, I've got kids who... I'm like, I'm like, you just have to keep building every day. You can't just rest and think that it's going to continue on. You take a couple weeks off and rest. And all of a sudden you're like, shit, I don't have anything to do today. I'm like, yeah, cause you weren't continuing the process of building and same thing in the gym, right? You can't just take a few weeks off and think it's just going to stick around and be there. Our bodies are always changing and adapting. So if you're not pushing it, you're going to be dropping off. If you're over 25, it's, it's going in one direction. So it's, trying to keep that longevity up and and in business same thing you got to keep always trying to strive to stay ahead of your competition or take the next step and and it's a continual push and also the other part of you know I'll let Blake talk is that the therapy that comes out of it and the mental aptitude and the strength the ability to release in the gym if I didn't have it I tell you all the time I become dark I become depressed, not like clinically, yeah. but I'm saying like, I'm like, oh my God, I got, I missed the gym today. I am down. And it's so yeah. weird. The mentality of a guy like me that will literally go to your gym five days a week. I'd work out seven days if you'd allow me. <laughs> it's my fault. No, I'm not saying if it was, no, but, I'm ta- I'm taking but what I'm saying is that <laughs> yeah. I go on the road and I'll find every excuse in the world not to work out. Sure. I mean, yeah. I have the ability to do tailgate jumps, box squats on a cooler. I got dumbbells. I got jump ropes. I got bands. I got everything with me. And my mind is always in work mode. Yeah. And it's crazy that even if I'm in a hotel, I'm like, eh. I'm good not going to the gym downs. It's I'm not saying that everybody's like that. No. But my mentality is so different on the road. And that's why I love that time at, the, at SSS is that it creates the monster that I am in business. Not that I'm successful. I'm saying I'm fearless. And I mean this. Like, I'm not trying to brag. I'm fearless in business. I'm a risk taker. I have tenacity. And I'm 100% over the top when it comes with aggressiveness of staying on something. If I start a podcast, there's not a day that goes by I don't record an episode. A lot of times, it's just me talking to myself. But my mind's telling me, I want to be cutting edge. I want to be better than everybody. Not that the substance is there. Not that the storyline or the guest is there. It's my mentality that tells me if I let off the the gas a little bit, I'm screwed. Yeah. And so it's always work mode. And when I get to come back and enjoy that hour and a half to, you know, hour, 15, hour and a half at the gym with you guys, 
it keeps my mind right to where I can go on the road and not turn into a blob of shit because I maintain so well when I'm in town. But if I didn't have you guys pushing me, I'm telling you, man, I'm not a guy that I don't think could go to 24 hour fitness and get jacked up. Like you're at the age now you come into that gym. You don't need anything but music and you'll work out for two hours, Blake. And that's awesome. And I, and I was that way in my twenties, but now I find every excuse not to work out. So the, I need the gym. It, so it's a weird mentality. Yeah, and I don't know if you have something to say, but I was going to say you're right on. I mean, I've got stuff at home. I could easily hit the gym at, at the house, but it's so easy for me. We've always got a list of business things to work on, right? I mean, it's always there. And it's easy for me to drop my work out for that. And so it is nice to have somewhere to go where somebody's put a plan together for you and do that because it is – you know, I could work out seven days at home. Do I? No. You know, it's yeah. you, sometimes you need to be driven by somebody else. And, and we've talked about this before on different shows, but there are very few pro athletes that can stay in the gym day to day. And that's why a lot of these guys talk about, hey, I pay a million bucks for a dietitian, trainer, strength coach, yeah. massage therapist, because they know they can't do it on their own you know i mean most, yeah, these, most niners will go to Scott, these niners will go to scottsdale between mini camp and august camp and they'll all be together at the same gym every day pushing each other yep i found that very interesting to when they told me that of like wow they can't even drive and i'm not saying that they're all the same but they need pushing too yeah and i will also say that i've never gotten the results working out on my own that i get with a program and trainer yeah uh, you just don't True. i just i think you have to have some sort of expertise and knowledge and training and education to get the most out of your body. And I think that's where a trainer mm-hmm. comes in is that you don't need to bench 350. You could bench 180 the right time and the right sets with the right amount of time in between and get jacked Yeah, and see the change yeah. in your body. Yeah. yeah. So I think, I think that's a big part of, there's a lot of reasons why I go to the gym, but those are some of the main reasons. Therapy is probably the biggest. Yeah. yeah. What about you? You get therapy out of it? Oh yeah. Oh Yeah. I just flat out like it. You know, like it just brings me joy. It's like something I look forward to every day. And then, you know, when you're deep in it, when you're going through some of those really hard sets, like that's where you, that's where I find some of my therapy. I do some of my best thinking. Like yesterday, we're thinking about uh, reorganizing the gym and I went flat on ideas, went and ripped a set real quick, nice heavy set, some uh, deadlifts, came back, had some good ideas. Like, I don't know, it's sometimes that heavy breathing dark like ow this hurts moments are really good times to think about everything else you know outside that's just like not happening right there immediately so it helps me kind of disassociate do you think at this point in your life blake as i watch you you you're very explosive your box your jumps okay you're strong you're a college uh-huh. badass at Boise State linebacker, which is a hard uh-huh. position to play because not only do you have to read the gaps, you have to read the flats, you got to read the pass, you got to read the run, you got to, you know, there's a lot. And I'm not a football player, but yeah. I know my way around it a little bit. Do you ever have any thoughts of what if they would allow you to combine right now, not coming from a college? Or what if Vince McMahon, if he was still the CEO of WWE, said, we want to give you a tryout to come get into this ring and be the next John Cena because you have that type of athletic ability. Do you ever see physicality and performance and competitiveness in your late 20s going into your early 30s even though you gave up football because whether it was injury or you were done after college or whatever, now that you're like in this unbelievable shape again and you're jumping out of the gym and you've made this your lifestyle, do you see you getting back into the competitiveness at all? Yeah, man, I'd love to compete. I love to compete. I've all, I always have. So it's like if that opportunity was ever presented, like it would be worth a thought at the very least. 
where I kind of end those some of those thoughts is like right now I'm really happy with what I do. I love coaching. I love being detached from a lot of these outcomes. You know, I like being in the setting we're in and not necessarily like coaching football because I enjoy watching the game and watching the athletes just play it without having any attachment to the outcome of wins or losses. But fuck yeah, man, I love to compete. If someone came and approached me with an opportunity to go bang heads or go jump around in a ring, I would love to. And it's funny because I'm 28 right now, just turned 28. You know, 24 to 28, I was just like, you know, it was kind of COVID time, weird, post-college, post-being an athlete. I was pretty kind of lazy, so my I kind of let my training go by the wayside because it was for the first time in my life I had some freedom and I didn't have to train every day, and that was kind of nice. And then, you know, fast forward two or three years, I'd gained some pounds I didn't want. I'm in really good shape right now. I was telling my buddy Worm yesterday, I'm like, this is the best shape I've maybe ever been in. Yeah, I've seen a big change. Like, maybe I've ever been in. I feel great right now. And so, like, A, I'm just flat out enjoying feeling good. Like, my, my body's just moving correctly. I feel good. I don't wake up in pain every day. But, like, I'm entering my athletic prime to a degree. That's like, I, was, I have I friends that just oh, yeah. signed their second NFL contract. You know what I mean? So, they got big business banking on them having four or five good more years. So, like, I kind of... I. When I'm like thinking of myself as just like a regular guy, I take a step back. I'm like, wait a minute. I have tons of potential here athletically if I want to explore it. So that's why I'm having fun in the gym right now, cutting it loose because I'm like, that's just me exploring what I got right now. I mean, I do have a buddy right now who wants me to come play football in Europe. I don't know if I can hang up what I'm doing here right now, but it'd be, it's a heck of an opportunity. That's definitely what I'm thinking about. But, you know, I love what I do. I love coaching. Oh, I get it. It's just that when, once you have that bug of competitiveness, you can compete against yourself all day long. Yeah. But me, man when i was watching the world series this last eight days it ended too fast i was so upset yeah. i love the ranger i love baseball but god i was having fun watching those two teams play the grit of the diamondbacks at arizona which is the franchise our triple a club is here yep. i was watching players that we watch play here the last yeah. couple of years yeah and then the rangers bruce bochy who's a big hunter and and does all of that and he came from the giants and a won winner. three world series yes. with them and took the padres for the Crazy. world series in 98 um, automatic Hall of Famer. I just didn't want it to end, but I was like, God dang it. Just one more AB. I think I could hit that guy. I know I can't, but I think I, can. I think I can, but I know box, I can't. Though. I mean, they're throwing, I mean, Chapman's throwing 101, painting the corners, and I'm like, this, the athletic ability of a base, and we're not going to go into my argument about baseball and hockey. And no, we, we can go there. We don't need to go there. Because as I sit here, this is, this is fun, because I was an okay high school athlete, didn't do anything after that, because I knew fairly smart I knew I wasn't big enough and fast enough to play I, I maybe could have done some Juco stuff and then you definitely were playing around in that college okay, atmosphere just okay but you know and then we got Blake who definitely did the college atmosphere so we got three you know decent level athletes here yeah. and, and you know again just trying to keep it up at this point but it is fun to watch those things and I don't know I, I wanted to go back to one thing you were talking about when we talked about the athletes I, I think it's just interesting that way back in the day which is 30 years ago on the Niners they used to hate when guys were in contract disputes because they're like oh man that guy he ain't doing anything he's getting fat we're, it's going to take four weeks before he's ready to go well Jerry Rice was one of those guys that was holding out and they were all like oh he's fine because he's doing his shit but he was really good about doing his workouts but even he had a guy who would do some boxing stuff with him and run the trails so you know you can just see it's interesting when you get to that level you figure those guys know what they're doing they put it all together but 
I think a lot of those guys have trouble putting their workouts together and girls, you know, they like to have somebody who helps them with their stuff and make sure they're doing the right things and make sure they're working on their recovery and, and doing everything they can to improve. So yeah, when you start thinking huge. about one thing I've been thinking about is when you start talking about recovery and maintenance and your body and how much rest you truly need. And then you start thinking about guys like Mike Trout that hits a golf ball mile you watch him swim in the pool and you think he's an Olympian. You watch him run on the base pass. You're like, how does a dude that big run like that? Mm-hmm. You watch Mookie Betts, bowl a 300, dunk a basketball, two feet, two hands, windmill dunks, and he's not even that tall. Hits the ball a mile, plays shortstop, second base, left field. I mean, the dude's unreal. Yeah. But why have we never seen another Bo Jackson? Why have we never seen another Dion? Which Dion was good, but he wasn't even anywhere close to Bo's. Yeah, I don't Bo, think I'm so talking either. overall. Yeah. Bo won. He held the NCAA record for the 55-meter dash. Mm-hmm. He was the Heisman Trophy winner. He was a first-round draft pick of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, went to the Royals in the draft, yep. was an all-star and a pro bowler, and then obviously the Cincinnati injury just destroyed his career yep. and his hip replacement. But why don't we, Rob? Why don't we, with Ooh. all of these athletic abilities, with the the way that training has evolved, yep. the way, I mean, I never even knew what rolling out was when I played college baseball. Right, I, right. We sure as hell didn't do band <laughs> work. Exist. Right, no way. Did we didn't do any exist? of that. I went into the Padres I, camp I in, in Scottsdale yeah. last year. Every single player was rolling out. Yeah. We never yeah, did that in yeah, baseball. Yeah. You know what nope. we did? We deadlifted 500 pounds <laughs> and our tailbone went through our ass. I'm like... I'm still hurting because of what we did. Right, right, right. It's advanced so much, but why don't you think you see that anymore? Why isn't there an athlete that can do what Bo did? Well, one of the things we were talking about yesterday, and and that's a good question, but you go back just a little ways, and the athletes were a little tougher, right? I mean, they didn't have some of the, like you said, I think think there's definitely a toughness there because they didn't have the recovery stuff. And they would just play, you know, it it wasn't, it wasn't about, hey, can I get three days off? I mean, they just, would play it was all about playing so i don't know if it's the financial side i don't know if it's the the toughness mental toughness or are they getting paid so much in one sport that they don't need to you know dabble in another sport or is it because we see so much specialization with the younger travel ball athletes these days that that they don't they they don't don't they don't experience the other sports and so they don't even know that they can throw a basketball hoop you know throw a dunk down without even trying so i don't know that's a that's a good question um and i don't know if just bo is such a freak that he was you know just the freak could you imagine running a generation eight in full pads at 225 (laughs) pounds he was crazy no i think that was when it comes absurd to, to watch him when it comes to Bo, i think sometimes just god smiles upon a young boy and is like you're, you're destined for things that are above what anybody else is going to ever achieve you know you got your lebron james we were talking about lebron yesterday yep the only guy of all time that's ever come in with x amount of hype and somehow overachieved until still there. to this point you yeah. know like yeah. he's at season 21 the all-time scoring leader still playing looking probably gonna play with both of his sons by the time he's out of the league there's not like I don't think any like measurables that are gonna like we can say like that's he's different because X like he's just different. So a guy like Bo, I think that might just be a generational once in a lifetime. Like you were blessed enough to watch him as a kid athlete. You know what I mean? But to what Rob's saying, I I would think me personally when it comes to like the the load management and stuff in the NBA, I think it's just a money thing. I think these guys are getting paid and then they just kind of don't. It's probably in their contracts. Yeah, you will not go do it. I remember. Yeah. When Jeff no, Kent, yeah. I remember when Jeff Kent got in the motorcycle wreck when he was playing second base for the San Francisco yep. Giants. Yeah. And he had to like give money back because he <laughs> yeah, broke, yeah, yeah. he broke a contract rule. Yeah. Right. So it's like they right. they're huge investments. You know the the business that is 
basketball, football, whatever, is going to make sure that, you know, they fulfill the obligations on their contract. If it says five years, I'm going to need your ass for five years. Because you look at some of this, these contracts with dead money that they're paying these guys, that they're out of the league. They've been out of the league since, you know, 2018, and they're still getting a million dollars a year for the right. next six. You know, that's, that's just bad business decisions. So I think it's a culmination of a lot of things, like people being very sensitive to like, oh, you got a sore ankle? Well, we're not going to play any games with a sore ankle. Because if that ankle... It's all trickle down. If that ankle goes worse. bad, then everybody goes right to the ATC and starts pointing his finger. Well, why was he playing? He had a bad ankle. You knew he had a bad ankle, and it just comes all the way downhill. So I think it's just kind of like the culture around sports is getting lazier because there's so much money invested in it, yeah. and everybody's losing incentive to just fucking play ball. They say well, every record's made to be broken, but with what you're saying, the Cal Ripken Ironman record will never be broke. I Man, nobody so. will ever play that many games. That's what I mean, I, bar- nobody even plays a full season anymore. Right? No, because of what you're saying. Yeah. Load management. Yeah, it's just yeah. like, hey, you need a day off because we want you to be good next week against this pitcher. And yeah. they're like, but I haven't missed an at-bat in 10 years. Doesn't matter. Games change. Right. Yeah. So Cal Ripken played 2,100 and something games in a row. In a row. Yep. In he a had row. to have bad and, soreness. And, <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Like, Without yeah. a doubt. Yeah. Without a doubt. No, and one and, thing I've been trying to tell my a lot of my young athletes right now is like, if you are really into this, being an athlete right now, get ready because the next 10 to 15 years, you're not going to have many mornings. You wake up and you're like, man, I feel great. Body feels good. Let's roll. You're going to be sore. You're going to be beat up in one way or another. You're going to be tired. You're not going to want to go work out, but you got to do it. And that's where the fucking beauty of a guy like Cal Ripken comes in. He just showed up and he played every game. Every game. Every yeah. game. It didn't matter. It was about the game. It wasn't about him. And barely came out. It only yeah. counted if he played five innings. He yeah. very rarely came out of the game at all. Yeah. Like, no, I think it was, it was only at the end where they were kind of managing yeah, man. some of his innings. But before but you're that, right, he was because playing my daughter's the whole thing. 12 and I'm always going to Rob like her ankles hurt, her wrists hurt, she sprained a finger and I'm, she's like, dad, I'm sore all day. I need ankle bracelets. I, her ankle, ankle state, what do they call Braces. Braces, ankle braces. I'm like, what? I never wore, I didn't wear anything ever. Right? Ever. Yeah. I mean, I broke bones and I got hurt, but it was different back then. I remember Todd Kreisen, Dan Avancino on the 93, our 92 state championship team at McQueen. We won it in 90-92, my sophomore and senior year. And Todd Kreisen never wore an arm pad. He never wore an elbow pad. He never wore a glove. He never wore no knee pad, nothing. Yeah. And he was the toughest, him and Dan Avancino to this day, and I'm older than you, but they're the t- to this day, them and the Sellers brothers at Wooster are the toughest human beings I've ever seen play sports. They would get battered yeah. And you would just yeah. look at Karai's, and now I look at him, and I'm like, dude, your back's hurt. And he's like, oh, man, my fucking back is sore. <laughs> yeah, they didn't get, give a shit about any of that. Yeah. There was We had an athletic trainer, but it's so advanced now. Yeah. It's so much different to where Todd Karai's probably wouldn't have been able to play every game back in high school. They probably have been like, you're sitting <laughs> out, you're getting an MRI, you're under concussion right. protocol. There's so much shit now that they're really taking care of people. Yeah. yeah. And there's good in that. There's good. Like the concussion oh, protocol, game. great. We were just talking about concussions on the way over here. Big time good. <laughs> Great. Let's protect the heads and stuff like that. But then there's also just like, it comes down to the individual, like toughness. Like there's going to be guys, I'm sure there still is, that won't come off the field. Like where's the Ronnie Lotz at, right? Like where, you know, where are those guys at? There's, where's, there's where, a few of those guys. Where are those guys at? They hey, exist. Well, who are the tough guys in the NFL now? Because uh, I know Ronnie I, Lott. I would Leighton Van Der Esch. I know he's a tough guy. Who? Leighton Van Der Esch plays for the Cowboys. He's no teammate of mine. I know him personally. Yeah. I just know he's a tough guy. If he's out, there's a reason. You know, he's really I, hurt. I was going to throw a couple names out, but I think that they've actually come out of the game recently. I mean, I love a couple of the tight ends out there. I love Kittle. Yeah. I love Kelsey. I think they're both 
pretty strong. I, I mean, they like Kittle's definitely not Kelsey's size, but he plays pretty big. Yeah. And takes some hits, and he'll get right up. And Lock I mean, those guys off. are ready to go. Now, is there a guy out there like Ronnie Lott who's going to just say, cut the end of my finger <laughs> off because I got a game to play? No. We even dealt with that, and I won't use his name, but this was preseason, and it was a big-name defensive player. And he came up to the trainer, and, and the trainer was pissed because he's like, I got to go tell the coach. He doesn't, you know, and he only had to play probably the first – he was probably going to play the first quarter. And he said, I don't feel good. I don't want to play. And even Lindsey, who was not your toughest trainer out there, he's like, I can't believe I got to go tell the coach he doesn't want to play. And he's like – he, he looked at me this? and he – 92. Oh, so this was he, the day of the – He tough. looked at me and he shook his head and he's like, fuck, they don't make them like they used to. You know, because well, he, he was there when, was when Ronnie bad. Lott – yeah, yeah, yeah. So was Ronnie Lott retired in 92 already? He went to the Raiders that year. So that's when he – he, they He went to the Raiders. <laughs> I, only, I don't even – I, I would I think two I years. I would have lost that bet. I, I thought he played his whole career at the Niners. No, he went to the Raiders I for – I think it was two years. You know my brother Clint straight on the guy his senior year at McQueen and – his pinky got ripped off in the guy's face mask. Oh, yeah. Have you seen my brother's uh, mask? I didn't know that story. Uh-uh. No yeah, shit. That's... In the face mask. My mom's a nurse practitioner, and she's running down on the field, and my, he's yeah. back playing like after halftime or some shit, you know? Well, that, yeah, what are you going to do? Your pinky's already gone. That's, that's, that's usually how it happens. In the guy's face mask. Holy yeah. shit. Stuck in the little bar. Yep. That's what, usually what, how it happens. What, I don't. It's probably a linebacker, you know, trying to rush him. You just like straight armed him. Yeah. And if you look at my brother, he's got a nub from. Football. I've never yep. seen that shit. Yep. Yeah, right in the right in the and face. No mask. way. And, and I can't remember who it was, but this weekend I want to say it might have been Burroughs. They kind of asked him about being a hundred percent, and he was pretty good. He goes, you know, in July. You're not going to see 100% until the yeah. end of the year because because that's football, right? I mean, you just know, like Blake said, there's not going to be a day where you wake up and go, man, I feel really good. I mean, they, they've got aches and pains. All those guys do, yeah. without a doubt. If you Most do, of them you weren't doing tough. your job. When right. I, when like, I, when you I weren't playing much. game Sunday and kind of got to do what we did, every single one of them was walking with a limp. Kittle had his knee iced up. Yeah. This guy had – one guy had his whole shirt off, and he looked like a freaking rope. I can't remember the guy's name. <laughs> he was so jacked. I'm like – does he have one of those? Because it was close to Halloween. So yeah. Does he have one of them Halloween <laughs> the silicone bodies? <laughs> one of those bodies on, and and it, it's one of their studs. It's uh, he had his whole midsection wrapped with ice bags, and his abs are sticking out. And I'm just like, one of the defensive shit. guys. Was yeah. it Was it Warner? No, Warner came Warner? out, and he was hurting too. Okay. God, he's a stud. He's I love a freak. Bosa, that's dude. probably one of my Bosa? favorite linebackers to watch. No, Bosa. Because Bosa, I mean, bit. those guys, those yeah. guys are. He's a cornerback yeah. or a safety. Huh. He's got okay. Oh, dude, I, oh, so he's got like half a percent of body fat. Oh, dude, he was so jacked. I was like, <laughs> isn't it? Bo- I've never seen a body like Bosa's for as big as a guy he oh, is. He's isn't it amazing? The, his it, so it's Col- crazy. crazy. Colton's girlfriend Abby was with us, and she showed. I don't know if I should be saying this publicly, but it's out there. It's it's on. <laughs> it's because I tagged Bosa. I don't follow any of these guys, okay. but my daughter's getting pictures with them all, so I tagged Bosa. Right. Uh-huh. So the first picture on his Instagram is him modeling. And Abby had just showed me this photo shoot for like boxer company uh, or underwear. It's Kim Kardashian's underwear company. It's a big deal. Oh, oh that deal. Yeah. That's it. And I was <laughs> a big deal. I was like, I'm like, those are not airbrushed or Photoshop. She's like, dude, that's his body. And then he walked out in no pads. And I'm like, I don't know how that. It's, it's just got to be like what you said. God like smiled that day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And went womb. Like, Congratulations. Is his, is his brother built like that? Relatively, not, I mean, he's yeah, close, but like, not not quite. Yeah, I don't Dude, know, I not quite. I don't know Skim's model. <laughs> that's well, like, his dad was a leaguer too. His dad was a first round draft pick. That's like Rock, the yeah. Rock's dad. Yeah, I mean, he's got some genetics. That yeah, yeah, yeah. I know he's got some help. 
Yes. Brock. Oh, help on board. Let's come clean. <laughs> He'll admit it. He's got to. You don't look like that at 52. No. I mean, hey, I He's, jacked. He's, He's jacked. He's jacked. Oh, but yeah. anyway, no problem. I don't care. Do it. I, I told Rob yesterday, I want TRT. I want HGH. <laughs> Something's got to give. I can't do this El Natural. <laughs> you don't get the results El Natural at 49. <laughs> Man. You can't. Well, you, you can't do what Blake does. We talked, this is Man. last week's podcast. We talked about Blake eating. <laughs> well, Whatever yesterday was pregame and freaking, what are those? Nerd. Nerd. Nerd clusters. Nerd, nerd clusters. clusters. He's, he's eating nerd clusters while he's doing deadlifts. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, are you shitting me? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I so can do what I want. I go, right do now. not do what Blake does because it's not going to work. He's he has like, metabolism yeah. still. Well, and he even, he just told me when we got out of the car, he's blown 25 bucks at Mickey D's this week. Twice. He's, two two he's different like, days. I dropped 50 bucks at Mickey D's. <laughs> this See, week. that brings up a good point because everybody says that's garbage. But if people say McDonald's doesn't taste good, they're on crack. Yeah, it's, it's stupid. It's so good. It's so good. And I wish that I could eat it at least. <laughs> once a week i know that it's rick revealia would hear this and slap the shit out of me but it's so good that's a good burger it's, that's a good burger it's so good that's a good and in burger. and out i would eat once a week yeah a hundred percent i would oh, eat it God. all the time and i'd eat gym boys twice a month for sure oh i'd be i'd <laughs> yeah. be 50 so I'd pounds eat it out of respect for all you guys that i know they that can't, you can't. Oh, exactly you. so it's like oh, it's thanks, a testament Blake. to you guys like all the years you put in i'm young i gotta do it now hey i, I like will him. Be, i will tell you i'm very happy with how fast I can lose weight and, and when you put your mind to it. Yeah. If you work out and you get on a system, you can get results yeah. in a hurry, which is going back to what you just said about I was trying to remember what class it was at parent teacher night this year. I went into Alyssa's school and one of her teachers said, I think it was math. No, it was a course that you, he had to was it science? It was like if you let off the brakes, it's like fitness. You can't just do it once and then think that it's going to stay with you. You got to continue consistently, right? Yeah. So he made a really good point in the classroom that night. And as soon as I got off of fitness, you know, I was on a really good diet there for a minute. Not a diet, but a lifestyle. Yeah, mostly meat and and, and a li very little starch, which a lot of people do, but it works for me. But as soon as I went to Nashville, and then I went to Canada, and then I went to New York, man. It comes back in a hurry. It does. And it's not easy to get in the first place. It's such a weird mix when you start talking about genetics or age, metabolism, mm -hmm. yep. and how your body changes into where I'm proud of myself that I don't get down because of that. I get down when I miss a workout. Where most people, I think Rob and Blake, get down, oh, I'm aging. Oh, I'm yeah. scared. I'm oh, getting yeah. old. Start yeah. counting themselves out. If you work out. You don't fucking worry about that shit. Right. If you're if you can still do a 40 inch box jump, like I feel I can, yeah. at least 36 inches, yep. which doesn't mean according to Rob, I have a 36 inch vert, so nobody write in <laughs> and say that I said I have a 36 inch vert. We'll I'm bending flying. my knees. We'll give him a 26 inch vert. <laughs> he's hitting a 36 inch box. But I can do a 36 40 good. inch box jump at 49 right, years right, old. Right. I'm not getting old. Right. Toby Keith sang a song two years ago before he came down with cancer, before he got diagnosed with stomach cancer. Toby's a friend of mine. I love that dude. And he was golfing with Clint Eastwood at one of Clint Eastwood's courses. He had just bought a course or something. I think the story goes. And Clint Eastwood told Toby, if I could tell you one thing, don't let the old man in. And yeah. Toby just released a song the day uh, on Tuesday of this week. It went to 97 radio stations on day one. Biggest ad of the week in country music. I'm giving you guys some country radio facts oh. here. It's called Don't Let the Old Man In. Huh. Yeah. And Clint Eastwood's like, I'm directing movies at 93. Right. He's no, like, I Clint's, never let the old man yeah. in. Clint's the freaking man. Shit. And Toby says that's what's kept him going through his cancer. Yep. He's still not out of the woods, out of the weeds. Okay. Is it out of the woods or out of the weeds? It's Both. Out of the weeds. Both. Either. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he's, he's, if you think about that yep. analogy, yeah. don't let the old, because you're, hey, trust me, Blake, 
your fucking clock ain't slowing down any any slower yeah. than ours is. Right. It happens. Yeah. Just yesterday, I was 28, yeah. thinking I own the world. Going, <laughs> dude, I'm gonna be a major leaguer. I'm yeah. playing summer ball, still thinking, think I got it. <laughs> Cross checkers were telling me like you suck like literally you suck. <laughs> Wally Walker, the cross checker for the Rockies, is like you're not good. I'm like thanks, but but it, it happens so fast and people are always like, oh my god. I remember my dad telling me you're going to be here one day and I'm like no I'm not I'm here. Yeah, I'm literally five years from the age my dad died. I'm Man. five years and I just he just died. But it was 2006. Yeah, time does not slow down. I'm not saying that it flies. But my daughter's 12 already. Yeah. If you work out, you always have something to base that schedule on, in my opinion. The timeline yeah. can be good mm-hmm. at Ricky Revilio's shape at 56, 57 right. years old. He loves life more than he would if he couldn't get out of his couch, except by putting one knee on the ground and then pulling yourself up yeah. out of the car no. or off the couch like a lot of people have to. And that's what slows down life and makes it miserable is when you can't get around and freaking be in some sort of shape, both physically, aesthetically, mentally, and emotionally. Yep. It helps in all those aspects. Yep. So when I start thinking about don't let the old man in working out, and fitness and consistency is a huge freaking part of that. Because a lot of people quit working out by the time they're 28 and never do it again. Oh, yeah. yeah. They never do it again. Yep. Yeah. And then they come in and it's like, they, we got to start at ground zero. Yeah. Like, let's work on sitting and standing up. Let's work yeah. on, you know, being able to stand up straight. And, you know, it goes or that just, far. Yeah, just getting up. Yeah. Can you get up and down from the ground? But Yeah, I saw but, you do those to, tests or those, your preliminary testing that you do yeah. on new clients. And I'm like... I wonder how I would perform on that right now. Like, that's a good. Oh, you'd be good. You know, that's what I'm saying, though, is like, you, yeah. Want, yeah. you want to be good. Yeah. Right? You want to perform. Yeah. yeah. And and when you say what you just said, Chad, and you look around our gym, though, there's how many people we have in their 50s that are killing it. Yeah. yeah. I can name people in their late 60s and 70s that can get 25 push-ups. And I'm not talking your cheap elbow bends. I'm talking the full on yeah. all the way down to the ground push-ups, you know. If so, you don't have a fitness so, journey. From those eight, seven-year-old baseball players and six-year-old volleyball players in your gym to those 70-year-olds doing 25 push-ups and Les Nesbitt, who's 83 in February this year, and he works out like a madman. Yeah. And he's getting ready to go on an elk hunt at 11,000 feet, and he's yeah. hiking every day right now. Yeah. He's hiking right now, I guarantee it. He's at 80, prepping he's for his, yeah, which is You're, awesome. If you don't have a fitness journey, my advice would be to start one and yeah. start the first chapter. It's never too late. Nope. It's no, no matter how never, shitty you feel, never. if you put it in your mind that you're going to stay consistent and do it, it's the best feeling in the world. Yep. Yeah. It's got to be the the way that you work. You know, it's for so many people, once they get into it, they figure it out. But it's that first step getting into it is not easy. Right. Which brings up a pretty good point about what Blake just said about maybe God smiled on Bo. When Bo golfed with us when he was in town. You met Bo. Mm-hmm. You would you mm-hmm. bet everything that you own that he works out every day still? He says he hasn't worked out one time since he retired. Come on. Sort of God. He told me that. I'm like, dude, I've never seen forearms like that on a human being in my life. <laughs> yeah. He would grip the golf club and I'm like, you don't work out. And he's active. He rides his yeah. bike and he golfs, but he doesn't do any strength training. And I'm like, bro. <laughs> He's still <laughs> under, he's under 20% body fat, I bet. And he's jacked. Probably. He's yeah. Jacked. Oh yeah. He's he might be, a, but whatever he, I'm like looking at his muscles and I'm like, you don't work out. And he's like, not one bit. Yeah. You know, you know the one I mean, thing I'm glad you brought back about him. 
I really like what he said. As a kid, he wasn't a good athlete. He could just run. He could just run. So it kind of goes back to, you know, some of our kids. We try and make sure that they're doing a little bit of everything, right? So they get exposed to it, not just specializing. But he wasn't a specialized athlete. He was just, you know. He ran from his sisters. He ran from his sisters, yep. And then started doing track. I think he did track before he did even picked up a football. So it just shows you. Do you remember when he won the 86? Footlocker Slam Dunk Championship. Bet you didn't Ooh, know that. I don't remember that. <laughs> yeah, that's I'm a, right. I'm that's, a groupie. That's okay. right. My wheelhouse. I, okay. I, I don't remember that. So he comes to that. my house, right? And I got a table bigger than this in my house. Okay. And it's littered with Bo Jacks. I have every card made. I have his shoes still in Nike boxes. I have really? every poster. I have jerseys laid out. I Where have do you, baseball. Where's the third garage? Dude, you ought to see my Bo Jackson collection. <laughs> yeah. My baseball card collection as a whole would blow your mind. Okay. Right? But my Bo collection. I'm so amped up, Blake. I'm like, I'm like going, I'm like Beavis and Butthead. I'm going, God, I can't wait for him to see this. Yeah. This is going to blow his fucking mind. Right? Yeah. So we come in, Jen's cook, getting lunch ready. We're all hungry. Got done golfing. I didn't golf. I just drove the cart. Yeah. I'm too much of an athlete for that game. Kidding. Um, he goes like this. He goes, is lunch in here? And literally walked in and didn't say another word about my memorabilia collection. I'm like, what the fuck, dude? Like, what? What are you doing? Yeah. He's like, I don't care. Yeah. He goes, I'm, that's not yeah. Bo. That's not who I am. Yeah. It was almost like a Superman moment. Like, all of a sudden, he's just Clark Kent. He's not in the phone booth, right? Yeah. To us, he was Superman, and oh, yeah. he doesn't give a shit. He's yeah. just a businessman selling food now. <laughs> Yeah. And, and running his charity. And he doesn't care. You heard his speech yeah. at the governor's mansion. Yeah. He never mentioned his career one time. There was no highlights. He talked about consistency, dedication, passion, leadership, community leaders, education, yep. everything yeah. but how good he was. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, to Nothing. that, all those things are the reason Bo Jackson is who he was. So the whole thing was a big highlight of his career, right? It's like, that's what True. made him stand out. Dedication, leadership, you know, preparation, all those things, courage, all those things are what made him such a good athlete, made him stand out so far above the crowd that like, in a way, that whole speech was all a highlight of his career. That's all the things he learned. You're one of our outliers. Like You're a guy that we have to... Like, okay, slow down. Like, if we gave you 100 things to do, you'd do them all, and then you'd ask us for more things to do. You're done when we tell you it's over type of guy, which is a rare person to see in the gym. Usually, we're the motivators. Guys like you are a fucking blast to work with just because you're, you're there to work. Oh, thanks. And it shows up. It shows up. Obviously, you, had, you know, all these brands we were talking about earlier, you know, successful in business. So, like, being a college athlete, former athlete, very active in your fitness life. What are some, like if you could put names or words on some of the principles behind, like what do you carry over? Cause you're a really busy guy. You're all over the country, all over the world, flying around, doing hunts, filming, doing podcasts, doing everything you do. What are the, like, what are some of the things like if you could put words on them, like, like dedication, like, you know, commitment, like consistency, put some words on some of the things that you take from the gym and how you work in there and how do you work in your daily life? I would say the first two that come to mind, it's a great question, Blake, is that before I get to the two words, which are discipline and accountability, which I learned really fast because all of a sudden I was at UNLV and I didn't have mom making lunch. I didn't have mom making sure my clothes were washed. I didn't even have a teacher taking role. Yeah. <laughs> they don't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> you don't show up. You're paying for this. Well, baseball is paying for it, but yeah, they don't care. Yeah. Right. So that turned into this fascination of networking and juggling things. And I think that sports... With your commitment to sports, your, your discipline 
and your accountability of holding yourself accountable, I would think is that when you look at business or the entrepreneurial spirit, I don't know if you're born with it. I think you are. I don't know if you could go to business school and acquire or learn the entrepreneurial spirit because mm. entrepreneurship is hard. It's so hard. I tell everybody that. Yeah. And I suck at it, but I grind. Yeah. Grit is a huge part of, of, of another word. But the discipline part of it, of athletics is so funny to me because a lot of people are always like, man, that coach was so hard to play for. He was so disciplined. And I was always the opposite. I was exactly in college who you just explained in your gym of like, I don't need to go to the gym five days a week to make my girlfriend like me more. I don't need to go to the gym five days a week to get a meeting with another company to try to develop revenue. I don't need any of that in the gym. I need the gym for me. I'm disciplined to go because it makes me a better me. It's not that I'm going, I'm checking a box of just another thing in my to-do list for the day. Oh, I got my 30 minutes. I got my 10,000 steps in. It's always been show up early, go home late and always put in quality before quantity. As far as like, if I'm going to do the reps, I want them to be quality. I want good form. Mm -hmm. I want to ask you guys when I'm done, was that good form? I don't want you to go through the motions with me as a trainer or a coach back in the day and say, Belden, get out of there. That's good. No, I want either criticism, either way of the spectrum, either you killed it and you look great, or you got to work on this because either way I'm going to learn something from that. Right. Mm -hmm. So I'm always going to be the guy that's going to be so disciplined to the point to where I'm going to hold my coach and I'm going to hold my trainer accountable for what I'm doing. And you know, that I'm always Mm -hmm. asking, was that good for, even when you trained, was that good for him? So I'm holding you accountable. It's not you guys just watching the time clock going, all right, uh, his hours up. It's accountability on both sides. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that if you talk to Coach Dallimore, who was at my mm-hmm. Halloween party yep. the other night, I know you couldn't come. But if you go look at my shadow box of Coach Dallimore, he speaks for me at a lot of my events. He's 79 years old now. And he called me the biggest recruiting mistake that he ever made <laughs> at UNLV after I got picked off a second, backdoor picked off at San Jose State in Stockton. <laughs> so, I mean, at University of Pacific in Stockton. If you think about those words, those are shocking words to a college athlete. Yeah. That's not like you suck. That's not like <laughs> you struck out to, that's like you're riding the pine the neck. That's not anything like that. That is literally being called a freaking piece of shit. <laughs> the biggest recruiting mistake that he ever made. Yeah. And he was 30 years coach in the NCAA. Yeah. Biggest. <laughs> and now I'm best friends with him. And he's doing the podcast again on this coming Monday. And he comes to my parties and he looks at me every time he sees me and sends me texts that I could show you right now of how proud he is of me. And he goes, I wish I would have had a hundred of you in my coaching career. Back then he called me the biggest recruiting mistake yeah. he ever made. And now he's looking at it like, holy fuck, he didn't give up. Yeah. But- that discipline and that accountability. Now, when I walk into a major league stadium, Blake, I used to go, Gosh, damn, I wish I was a baseball player. And now I'm like, what's up, Will Clark? What's up, George Brett? What's up, Bo Jackson? Not that I'm anybody, but they respect for what I do that I got to the point to where now I get to hang out and hunt with the greatest of the greatest. Yeah. Okay, like that's not something that I'm bragging about. That's something that is absolutely unfathomable in my opinion. Yeah. I wanted to be a pro baseball player. And now I, when they called George Brett baseball royalty on the World Series the other night because he was up in the box watching it, I texted him and went, they just called you baseball royalty. And he goes, well, they ain't wrong. <laughs> because he was a royal. He played yeah. his whole career for yeah. the Royals. I mean, yeah. it's awesome. But yeah. but that's how I look at it is that discipline and me holding Coach Dallimore uh, accountable. Because when he said that, I said, but you're the one that recruited me. 
You're the one that did that. You're the one that came to my house and gave me that letter of intent. I still, I go, you can't lie about that, coach. I have all the pictures to document. I'm wearing my UNLV hat. I got my UNLV jersey. It's like you got, you know, when you sign. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a big day. It's a big day. I go, you did that. You did that. I didn't do that. I didn't draw up that paperwork. And he's like, I know. And it was the biggest mistake I've ever made. (laughs) And so he was held accountable, though. I never let him forget the fact that you were a shitty coach for recruiting a shitty player like me. But at the time, it was scary to think that I'm being demoted to junior college. Then I became a junior college All-American the next year, was top 10 in the country in hitting out of all the leagues. Okay, I'm talking Kansas, Nebraska, Arizona. There was some stout leagues back then. But I wasn't that good. I never, ever got drafted. On my refrigerator in college, my junior year, I had a piece of paper. I went in and did the math. 62 rounds, 30 teams. Okay, let's say it's going to be right around 200 or 2,000, 2,100 kids drafted. I said, I'm one of the top 2,100 potential draftees for the Major League Draft this year. Never got a phone call. No calls, yeah. Got scouts looking at me. Got a cross checker or two looking at me, but never got drafted. But now, all these years later, Blake, I'm on the phone with George Brett. I'm in a gym working out. I bring professional athletes into the gym and they work out with us. MMA mm-hmm. fire. Like I'm literally yeah. in the midst of my heroes. Not that I was the greatest athlete, but because life will fuck your world up if you're not careful. Yeah. I very easily could have got down and said, I'm a slouch. I'm nothing. But discipline and accountability and that overall emphasis of what competitive sports, team sports and individual sports like boxing or wrestling do to an individual has got me to where I'm at. And those stories I tell because without sports, my dad was a disciplined son of a bitch. I never drank one time in high school until I graduate graduation night. If I I never put a chew in my mouth until my sophomore year of college, I tried it, which I regret. I never got addicted, but it's gross. God, it's gross. But I was, my dad put the fear of God in me. I couldn't cuss around my mom. I was disciplined. And I think that those traits, when you're missing those two traits of accountability and discipline of what sports and good parenting Mm -hmm. taught me. Yeah. I don't know if you can make it. I don't know what you're doing if you don't hold yourself accountable and you're not in your discipline every day. Well, I, I didn't make my bed. Go make your fucking bed. I didn't brush my teeth. Go brush your teeth. Yeah. You cut corners. It's, it's That's the easy way out. Right. I'm not going to class today. Teacher don't give a shit. But now I don't have a 2.0. Now I'm uneligible. Now I lost my scholarship because you're a dipshit. That's what Bo's <laughs> yeah. message was. Yeah. yeah. That's what I learned is that discipline and accountability now I was texting you. I was up at four o'clock today. At five o'clock, I'm texting him. Boom, 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 boom. Here's what I'm doing. Send him a video of me in the hot tub, relaxing, getting my body right, getting my mind right, trying to create that good aura because I had a really rough day yesterday, emotionally, personally, and professionally, okay? I didn't let it get me down. I went to the gym. I kicked ass. Freaking had a great night last night. Got work done. I got podcast done today and then had a huge call with a company in Texas today, not saying no names. And they awarded me a two-year contract and they go, welcome to the team. Welcome to the family. We can't wait to get you down here to see this 9,000 acre ranch and kill a deer on it. Yeah. And I'm like, that's what not feeling sorry for yourself and not getting it. That's what sports taught me. You're down, get your fucking ass back up and get in there and battle. And that's what life's all about. You're never, ever going to love all of life. Life is a mofo. And I love every bit of it. I love it all because without the downs in the valleys, those peaks don't feel as good. Straight up. They just don't. Straight up. And I chase peaks. Yeah. I chase that feeling, that feeling of that home run. Man, standing there and watching it and jogging around the bases, not until it goes over the fence because I wasn't cocky, but when you know you got it, <laughs> yeah. you know it. Mm-hmm. And that feeling is now me chasing a, a, a deal. 
Yeah. A negotiation. And now I can sit across the table from the biggest CEOs in the world. In my opinion, I have the confidence to sit across from Donald Trump and cut a deal. He's not going to outsmart me. He's smarter than me, but I have the confidence because of sports, accountability, and discipline to go, I'll roll with you. I'm yeah. in the trenches with you. I've been on the podcast with Donald Trump Jr., who's very well-spoken, and I'll smoke him. I tell him every day, I'll, I'll, I'd smoke you. Anything yeah. you wanted to go after, I'll smoke you. And shooting, hunting, and he pisses him off because he's awesome at everything. Yeah. But I have this aura with him that you can you can do it. Mm-hmm. And sports taught me that. I'm not going to get down because of a bad at-bat. And now in, in my life today, I'm not going to get down because my daughter's at that age where she doesn't even want me to pick her up from school or hug her in front of people. Yeah. I'm not going to get down. Yeah. I'm going to go, you know what? That's what it's about. Yeah, One day yeah. she's going to want to hug me again. I'm not going <laughs> yeah. to. I'm, I'm, yeah. Sports taught me not to not to let that affect me up. that much. Yeah. Yeah. So to answer your question, that's long winded, but accountability yeah. and discipline. Because if you yeah. don't have those two, and you're not a self starter to discipline yourself, to be thankful that your boots and feet are on this side of the dirt when you put them on the floor, when you get out of your awesome bed every morning that our soldiers fight for to have that we have. Yeah. If you don't think about life that way, you're fucking missing something. And yeah. sports taught me all that. And that's why I love to give back to military and be around guys like Will Clark that are still that disciplined at 55. He's 59 now. And I wouldn't mess with that dude. I wouldn't mess with him because he's so dedicated to his craft. He loves the shit out of life. And when he walks through, and I'll end it by this, and when you walk through that field, I don't even know the name of the Oracle Park now it's called. They oh, changed yeah, yeah, yeah. so much. But when you're in San Francisco and you're walking through the field in the in the down on the field in the tunnels, we go into the offices. We go into Mike Kruko's booth. Mike's coming back on the podcast next week. I love Kruko. Him and Kuiper are the best commentary of all time. Vin Scully was unreal, but as a team, they're unbeatable. He knows every name. He handshakes them or kisses the ladies on the cheeks or hugs them. The elevator attendants that are in a wheelchair and they're handicapped, he bends down and gets on one knee and talks to them like they're his family and like they fucking mean something. Mm. He looks them in the eyes and I'm going, dude, your jersey's on the freaking outfield wall. (laughs) You're in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. There's only six or seven or eight of them retired in the whole history of the Giants. Barry Bonds, Mel Ott, Orlando Cepeda, Willie Mays, Willie McCovey, Will Clark. There's a few more. And he knows every name. He looks them in the eyes with dignity. He treats them with class and respect. And I'm just like, you talk about a freaking life lesson. Mm-hmm. Sports taught him that. His yeah. parents taught him that. And he's never got sideways with it. Yeah. And that's what we're missing yeah. in a lot of people these days. A lot of a people. Lot of people. Because you know yeah. why? I'll just text them. I'll just instant message them. A text ain't as good as a call. Yeah. Right. You can't hear the inflection in my voice when I text this to you unless I put 9,000 freaking exclamation points, which is a waste of my time. People don't know how to communicate anymore. Will Clark calls you. He'll text you a one-word answer and then call you and talk for three hours. Yeah. That's life. That's special. No, that's And that's, that's, that's what I've learned about this whole lifestyle is that, dude, there's only one way to live. It's all out, man. Yeah. It's yeah. loving every minute of it. And if yeah. you're not in shape, you can't do it. Sorry. Hate yeah, me for saying that, but you can't that's do real. it. That's <laughs> real. That's true. That's real. And it's like, it's funny. Sometimes I like, I'll talking to parents or whatever. I'm like, really? I'm, I mean, I'm an athletic development coach, but really I'm in the business of developing confidence more than anything. And that's one thing you're talking about in, in business. You're very confident in what you do. You're confident enough to sit in any rooms. And it's because you take daily reps. You do the hard shit every day. You come to the gym. Every rep you're doing in the gym, you're not sitting down and taking reps 
practicing talking to CEOs, but you're practicing doing hard shit. Yeah. You're practicing going as hard as you can. You're practicing emptying the tank. And those are all the things that are required in your daily life. And you have the confidence in your body. You have your confidence in, in yourself and your mental capacity, your physical capacity. Take on all those challenges. And that's the beauty of what we do is we get to facilitate that growth and that confidence building in like... You can do anything you put your mind to. And we have a, a tangible, you know, big room of obstacles that we get to throw in front of people that are measurable that they can overcome on a daily basis. That's the most fun part about coaching is you get to watch people. You get to give them challenges and watch them overcome it. And you get to watch them take little baby steps in reaching goals and teaching them the process of what it looks like to reach a goal. That's the hardest thing is, and you're talking about discipline. For these these kids right now, it's like, you think it's hard to wake up and get your bed made and get your grades in and, and then go to baseball practice and, and put your best foot forward at baseball practice? And it's like, I'm sure, I'm only 28, so I only have so much experience, but you guys, it's like, you get, you know, it's life comes on. It's like, how much would you give to go back and be a 12-year-old and all you got to worry about is baseball practice again? It's like, oh, man, how so easy. easy is it to put your best foot forward <laughs> at baseball practice? Shit. Like, like that's the first place I'll put my best foot forward, and you I know? Hope to, and I I hope that you allow your clients, like I said, I'm not afraid to hold anybody accountable. Yeah. And my biggest pet peeve of coaching, and I understand volunteers in Little League and T-ball, okay? But when you get to the high school level and you get to the junior college level and then the D1 level, that's your job. Yeah, it better be. That's what you chose to do. And I feel that every kid on that squad deserves to be communicated with the same. I'm not saying they deserve to play the same amount of innings or have yeah. the same amount of at-bats. Because we get to that level, the best play, period. Yep. Junior varsity, let them all play. Babe Ruth, let them all play and get reps. Yeah. But when it comes to varsity baseball or football, trust me, may not the happen. best play. Yeah. But that coach owes that second stringer why. Yeah. Why? I agree. And sure. a lot of coaches... I agree. Let it pass. Oh, well, if he doesn't say nothing, that's easy. his parents don't call yeah. me. Yeah. I'm not, and that's bullshit. I cannot stand coaches that don't communicate the why because that kid's got nothing to go on now. Why all of a sudden am I out? Yeah. I didn't strike out. I didn't make an error. Why am I out? Is it politics? That's just one reason of every coach should hold themselves accountable because they, I hope they understand what role they play in a kid's life and as a young adult's life. Even when you get to these NFL players and hear Colton talk about Shanahan and his line coach, hopefully I don't get in trouble for saying this because it's inside information. But while we're at dinner after the game, Colton got a text from his offensive line coach. Been breaking down the film. You played unbelievable. Something to that term. They lost. Yeah. But he told Colton. He was going to tell him one way or the other. You need to be in here tomorrow to work on some shit and see this. Yeah. But you played yeah. awesome. That yeah. coach is taking the time out on a Sunday evening to tell his kid that's 25, 28. I don't even know yeah. how old Colton is. 27. Yeah. That. That's communication. That's yeah. coaching. And I hope well, that coaches, I hope every coach understands and trainers understand what it means to be communicated with somebody that you look up to and somebody that calls the shots. Yeah. And coaching's an important factor in life. Without a huge yeah. factor. It's a Without huge responsibility. Doubt. I think I just said it on last week's podcast. I'm I'm the product and I'm gonna use men here because it's just we're a group of men right now. I know how important having strong men role models in the community is. I'm the product of a lot of really good men. I'm lucky. I've been around a lot of good coaches that poured a lot of love into me. I got big brothers that poured a lot of love into me. A lot of good stuff into me. I'm the product of all that, you know. And it's and like it's like now in the coaching setting, it's like at the very bare bones of that. What I'm really looking out of this, if I'm looking to get one thing out of it on a daily basis, it's I want to be a young man, a man 
man that pours you know life into the youth and especially the young boys coming through the gym because I, just, I know how hard it is to be a young man and come mm-hmm. up and grow especially in this the world of temptation that we live in I know how hard it is and I know how important it was all those men that poured all those coaches that poured anything into me positive negative indifferent no, no matter what anybody that poured anything into me I felt like I owed them and I, to today that's why I coach and that's why I love it so much is I feel like I owe all those men that poured into me well to you know perpetuate that down and and raise up the youth underneath me and you know that's that's just my duty that's my calling it's why I'm here it's why I coach and you know I have nothing but thank like I say thank you on a daily basis to you know I'm lucky my dad was in the picture I have a great dad he didn't have a father figure at home his dad was never around so it was of utmost importance to him to raise me you know and 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 be a present father so I got that really close to home and then on top of that I've just been blessed I had great coaches great friends dads great everybody around me and it's like man I understand the value of it and I feel so indebted that it's like man this is what I have to do that's what I'm out here searching to do on a daily basis coach find more guys that you know need some direction need some help want to be like hearing that I hope that people like Jen my assistant I, she's a single mom. Mm. Her husband died. I would hope, you know, my hope would be, and it's a, we got to get her two sons in the gym. Yeah. Because they don't have what you just described. Yeah. They yeah. don't have that network of good men. Now, look, Jen's an angel and she's an incredible human being. Oh, yeah. But she's not a man. Oh, and I'm yeah. not saying a man's better. I'm saying no. that only a man can teach them two boys certain things. Mm-hmm. And maybe I'm not stepping up enough. Maybe I'm just good enough by going, well, I gave them this opportunity or this experience, but I'm really not going over there and picking them up and going, let's go practice driving and let's go practice hitting off a tee, even though I've done that with Gavin. And I got guitar lessons for Caden. It's not enough. Yeah. yeah. So what you're saying is that that's where coaches come in, but some kids don't have coaches. Yeah, Some true. kids aren't athletes. Yeah. Some kids give up early because they didn't get the results they were looking for. And you know why Gavin quit playing baseball? Hmm. Because his coach didn't communicate with him and he lied to him. Yeah. And I watched it go down and I called the coach and I made sure that that coach knew exactly what kind of coach he was and what kind of human being he was because I watched it go down yeah. and I didn't appreciate it. Not because he was good enough to make the starting team, but he should have been on the team. And to be on that team, he should have been made like he was part of something and he wasn't. Yeah. And that's not what coaching's about. He no. took that away from this. He stole that from this kid because he wasn't his number one. And that's bullshit. That will destroy that kid for years to come. And that's why I, people have to be disciplined. If Gavin had more of a disciplined background of in the gym, role models like you two, then he would be able to pick himself up a lot faster and go, you know what? (laughs) I'm not giving up. Right. But he gave up. Yeah. He quit baseball. Yeah. And And now he wants to be a barber, which is good. And he still loves the Dodgers and he goes to the games and he loves baseball. He watches every stat. He's a geek. He's a baseball nerd like me. He loves it more than I do, but he doesn't want to play ever again because of what that coach did to him. Yeah. And that's not saying that it's all that coach's fault because Gavin should have been able to pick himself back up. Yeah. Yeah. But that coach had an opportunity to make a man. And instead, yeah. he destroyed a kid's existence right. in that in that opportunity, and that's bullshit, man. There's so many opportunities for coaches to give that kid, that boy or girl, what they need in life lessons. I hope that coaches know that it's coaching is not just filling out a lineup card. No, no. And and to me, Rob's barely it can be. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. This is great. Rob's He's just the host. Rob's that's just it. The host. He's just the host. He's more <laughs> like a moderator. That, that's right. Stop. <laughs> you have thirty seconds, Chad. <laughs> no, but I was gonna, I was going to say, it is all in that communication. And I I remember one athlete, and this was on the female side from a female coach. It was at a end of the year dinner, and the coach is like, you know, I expected big things, and and she was like, and it just never happened. 
And that's where she left it off. And I'm like, oh, my God, because this girl was a junior. And I'm like, you couldn't have said this girl, she's coming around. I, I can see it. I want her to work a lot this summer. She's got to do this, this, and this. And, and if she does those three things, next year is going to be huge for her. I mean, it's two totally different communication things. Yeah. One, you set the person up to either achieve or not. You know, now yeah. it's in their Pass, court. Fail. And the other court. one, it's like you just took the wind out of their sail. I'm like, I'm like as a coach – you can raise these kids up to bring them to another level if yeah. you try. If you don't know what you're doing, then get somebody else in there who does the end of the year speaking. But I'm like, all you had to do was add two sentences to this thing, and you change that girl change, forever. The whole perspective and, and her whole round. Versus her whole just, just her going, I'm done playing because of this. And it's like, I, I don't know where she fell in this team, but I'm like, she said, what? Yeah. I'm like, you just don't do that to a high school kid. I'm like, it's easy to go, okay, Chad, you want to play on my team? You better spend every day in the weight room. You need to get stronger. I expect you to be hitting balls off the tee daily. And here's what you need to do to get better. And now it's in Chad's court, whether he decides to yeah. push forward and do it or not. You yeah, know? And, and, I'm and, not a, like, and I'm not a pressuring – I'm not that little league dad that lives through his son vicariously. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I don't live through my daughter's athletic career vicariously of where, like, <laughs> I'm going to be in there just lighting the ref up because I'm the know-it-all in volleyball. Yeah. And I'm definitely not going to go say something to the coach. <laughs> I, but I see the coaches every day. And I'm walking out of the gym, and I give Byrne a, a fist. I said, hey, man, it sucks no Vegas tournament this year. Salt Lake City's boring as hell. I don't want to go back to Vegas. He's like, man, Vegas is expensive, but I know what you mean. That's going to be a blast. And I just, and all I said was, man, she's jacked up. She's fired up. And I go, I appreciate her being on your team again. He goes, look, and he broke it all down. And I'm like, oh shit, I didn't even ask for all that, but he was engaged. He goes, I fought for her. She's going to be a team leader. Da, 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 da. Her focus is not there though. If she needs to work on one thing, it's knowing where her court vision's there. And he broke it all down. He, he had a plan. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I give kudos to those coaches for at NNJ and what Jason's got. And I don't know Jason. Mm-hmm. I think I went to school with him, I guess. God, <laughs> I, I don't know any, I don't, and I hope, I don't mean that as an insult, but he's a You're great, pretty close. but he's an entrepreneur. He's successful shit. He's done well. Hell yeah. That is successful. <laughs> but I don't blow him up. I know he's busy. I know. And so I think that he expects a certain, something out of his coaches like you do out of your trainers right oh yeah and he holds them accountable and that coach burn who's literally i didn't know he spoke english because i've never heard him say much (laughs) (laughs) he he had every i love him he's a quiet killer right yeah yeah but he's just he's engaged in a different way he's not real verbal with me or any but maybe he will be in the future i don't but that certain day two weeks ago I learned what my daughter needs to work on. He has a plan. Uh, yep. It wasn't like, oh man, she's tall. <laughs> she, she's really growing into those big ass feet. Yeah. She, he, didn't, right. he didn't just say, oh, she's really growing into a good player. He had a plan yeah. Yeah. and he gave yeah. her something to work on. And when I relayed that to Alyssa, it changed her whole outlook on the season. She yeah. literally went, oh my God, I got a chance to be a leader. Yeah. I didn't make yeah. the 14 team. I'm on 13 where I'm supposed to be. They had a plan for her. Yep. And yeah. I and she got that through her head. It's more reps. Yeah. It's your chance right. to be a leader. It's your chance to literally go into 14s next year so much better than you were this yep. year. It's your chance. Yeah. This is what sports are all about yeah. because they got good coaches that yeah. had a vision for, well, she's tall. We could put her up here and back up this girl and get some reps. But now she's got a chance to be the shit. Right. Yeah. To be the girl. Yeah. Sometimes. And sometimes she got she grasped onto that. And I'm like, that's what your coach said. Sometimes it's better to be on the JV than it is the varsity. Yeah. You know, take that quality. Take reps. that. Right, right, right. And yeah. she grasped. 
Yeah. But it is varsity for her age group. Right. She's right. she's yeah. 12. Right. She yeah. hasn't turned 13 for four more months. Right. Yeah. No, that's a lie. For two more months. It's this is years flying by. She'll be 13 on New Year's Eve. Yeah. So she's young. Yep. Okay. So I'm not saying that some of the other girls aren't, but she's going to be playing where she should be playing. Right. Right. She's playing on the 13 U team, the yep. number one national team, the the ones that you saw. Yep. So yep. I'm not bragging on her. I'm just saying he had a plan. And when she yep. heard that plan, she goes, I'm ready. Nice. I'm ready. She and starts nice. next week with Triple S and back in the gym on the 14th yeah. and Triple S with you guys and she's jacked up. Yeah. yeah. And I love that Byrne told me that plan. Yeah, because usually just, it'd be just like, oh yeah, she's she's got potential, you know. Yeah, we'll see what the communication is the difference between her being like spending the whole season like, damn, I wish I was on 14s with all my friends, and going and having the rock star season on right. 13s with intent, with with motivation, with you know inspiration. She's stoked. She enjoys it. She understands that there's a process. People discredit these kids like they they're not gonna understand what we're telling them talk to them talk to the they're kids smart. they're smart yeah, yeah. they're smart yeah, they're yeah. smart talk to them they'll, they'll understand just yep. you got to find a way to communicate obviously you can't communicate them with like you would with you know another adult they're kids but talk to them they'll listen and they'll understand and they want to they, they respect it and i think we don't give enough credit like they're watching communication all day long on their phones they're watching how people communicate they're watching mm -hmm. shit all day long they're spending all their time watching so when they don't get respect they understand it and they feel it the same way you or I would be like, yeah, I don't think this guy's giving me the whole stick. Right. Like, I feel like he's holding something out on me. They're going to, they, the kids are smarter than we think. Oh, we yeah. don't give them enough credit. Talk to uh, him. Talk to him. And talk that's, to him. That's man. what I'm saying is your coaches, man. If it wasn't for Ken Cass, who, who, who's now at Minogue, but he was my strength and conditioning coach in football. If it wasn't for him communicating with me and knowing that I was a good human being and always giving me kudos for, going as putting far as I can in. Yeah. putting the work in like you said I do yeah I would have quit football after my freshman year uh, sure. I sucked I had the least amount of pride stickers on my helmet our senior year I caught two touchdown passes one against Elko and one against Fallon okay. I celebrated like an asshole though <laughs> probably should have been kicked out I mean I looked like Icky Woods out there I'm like I was so, I was freaking the fuck out dude <laughs> so I had the what I would tell kids to end I gotta go and you guys gotta go it's 12.55 Oh, um, we can keep going. I had the least <laughs> amount of pride stickers in football, but I was it's all right. I was all state first team in baseball just a couple short months later. Yeah, I could have given up and been like, I suck at strong safety, and I'm just an average receiver. But Mark Senegord is so much faster than me. But I never thought like that because I had communication. Yeah, I was treated like a human being and part of this the culture of what that football team was. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There was no yep. favorites. Yep. It was not favorites. It was like, you're on this team. You're part of this. And I knew that. And yeah. I never let it get me to the point of like, oh, I'm going to give up. If I never won those state championships, I'd have never known what it felt like to win because we sucked at baseball yeah. until I went yeah, to yeah, the Carson yeah. Capitals and we won every tournament known to man, you know, in, yeah. in, in the in the country. But in football, that was going to Vegas and winning the state championship. If I didn't experience right. that, I would have never known what it felt like to win. Right, right. And then the communication of Ken Cass saying, dude, you, you matter. To this you matter. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, matter. Yeah. You're, you're not that good, but you matter. But, but we need it. I would yeah. On. yeah. But that discipline that he taught me as a football player and going to the hug weightlifting contest and winning that, I got all the pictures to prove it. It taught me like, man, you can do this. Yeah. yeah. So my point was who cares about the pride stickers? Yeah. Life is dude. Go remember life is waiting for you. Yeah. Trust me. If high school football is your biggest accolade in life, you got yeah, some issues. Straight up. And I don't mean that straight as an up. insult. Okay. Hey, I'm Uncle, Uncle Rico. Uncle Rico that can throw the football <laughs> over the mountain. I don't mean that in a bad way. But dude, I'm telling you, 
that's yeah. a gnat's ass, a pimple on a gnat, on right, a yeah. horse's ass in For the, the scheme of, of life. Yeah. Yeah. So don't give up just because you're not the Todd Floyd who went on to the Raiders and was the yeah. all American at McQueen. I wanted to be Todd Floyd when I was in high school. <laughs> and now I look at him like, dude, I'm way better looking than you now. And I, and I, yeah. I, I mean, I love Todd, yeah. but I tease him now. But back then I was so intimidated because I wasn't one of the all stars in football. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Does we, that we make sense? Was, if that's your benchmark of success, be, you'll never meet it. If that's your benchmark. It. But yeah. yeah, find I mean, find benchmarks and everything you Those do. Those coaches measure allowed yourself. me to measure myself yeah. up against who I was, and I made it in some capacity. Hell yeah. You got to keep grinding. You got to have grit. Because you only there's only so many Todd Floyds and Todd Grises right. and Dan Ancinos. Yeah. But yeah. they couldn't hit a baseball like me. Yeah. It's all relative. It's, it's all, all relative. It's all like, now where are we at? Yeah. They're all successful. Nobody lost the turn in life. Yeah. Nobody lost the turn. You can only do that to yourself by yeah. saying, uh, I suck. I'm not going to go out for the right. team anymore. Yeah. Right. I'm not going to do it. That's laziness. That's I don't know if I would play football again. I don't know with how brutal it is looking back on it. Yeah. Because holy shit, you got, I mean, you guys shit go hurts. through some shit. It hurts. <laughs> shit hurts. It hurts. <laughs> it does. I tell them all the time. No it's the dumbest sport in the world. Yeah. I know that's it. Yeah, you're good. You're good. It's crazy. I'm dumb. I'm it's dumber crazy. for playing. Yeah, I'm dumber for playing it. It's crazy. To, when, you're, when you watch an NFL football game live yeah. and see how fast it is, <sighs> dude, I'm like, one hit, I'm out of the game for life. It's like <laughs> life. Like Mike Tyson, I'm done. Without doubt. Like I'm never one going time. back in there. Yeah. One time. I got one series in me and probably one play I, in that series. I don't even know if I want going for a series. It's different. It's a crazy game. <laughs> how, how are we going to do the hot seat? Okay, we'll do that. Stay tuned. Paying tribute to a true American all-star. But why have we never seen another Bo Jackson? You go back just a little ways, and the athletes were a little tougher. So a guy like Bo, I think that might just be a generational once-in-a-lifetime. Like, you were blessed enough to watch him as a kid athlete. You know what I mean? A Fit Life, the Living Stronger series on Jack Daniels presents This Life Ain't For Everybody with Robin Blake from Sierra Strength and Speed and special guest Chad Belding is brought to you in part by the provider, Traeger Grills, Mickey Thompson Tires, and Jack Links, Rob Blake and Chad will continue the broadcast after the break. I love snacks. I love protein. I love having it at my disposal at all times. You never know when you're going to get hungry. You never know when that hunt is going to go longer. That drive is going to go longer. Why not make sure that you have a high protein enriched snack like Jack Link's jerkies, whether it's the sticks, whether it's the cold craft, whether it's the traditional jerky, the flavors, the freshness, the packaging, the design, the entire culture of this business built with Mr. Jack himself, his son, Troy. They support the American hunter, their American brand, living the American dream, and they deserve it. I love their snacks, their flavors. I can't go into all of them, but there's the dill pickle. There's the teriyaki, the original, the peppered, sweet and hot. I can keep going on the cold craft side, the salamis, the cheeses. Unbelievable innovation into the way snacks should be. No carbohydrates, low in sugar, great flavor, high in protein. Build that muscle. Make sure that you support the companies and products that support us here. And Jack Links is the official snack of the Foul Life podcast and Benelli's The Foul Life TV. Being in the backyard at camp, being with friends and family, one thing that the pandemic did is it got us back in our backyards. It got us staying home more. And man, we just started doing so many cookouts, so much grilling. And we've been partnered with Traeger Grills for the last decade. And I don't know if you can be more innovative than what this brand has done from the new Timberline XL and the new Flat Rock, the Ironwood 885, all of their pellets, their rubs, their sauces, their glazes, their Smashburger kit. You name it. Traeger Grills is awesome. And we 
use them a ton. I'm sure you've seen it on the Foul Life. You've seen it in our social media. Get creative. Be innovative. Think outside of the box. Wild game, domestic, vegetables, desserts, pizzas. You can do it all on a Traeger grill. And like I mentioned, that Timberline XL with that conduction plate. I'm talking high heat, reverse sear steaks. Anything you want to put on there gets it done in a hurry after you put a little smoke on them on the grill. Transfers right over. So easy. Everything is simplified. You can download the Traeger Grills app. You can find recipes. You can work with pros like Matt Pittman at Meat Church and Chad Ward at Whiskey Bent Barbecue and so many others from across the country to master these recipes. It's simple and that's what Traeger is all about. They did not want your backyard experience to be complex. So when you're thinking of fun and good food and flavor recipes, thinking outside the box, think no further than Traeger Grills. I can't wait to get back in my Traeger Grill. Just cook up something delicious. Thank you all very much. We've had the provider mentality for a long time. Growing up and watching dad and mom cook wild game, whether it was an Italian lasagna or a spaghetti, I watched in awe and I couldn't wait to be old enough to do it. Then we got to travel and meet all of these different chefs at all these different lodges in Argentina and Uruguay or Paraguay or Arkansas or Missouri or Chef Mark Lindsay who you hear on the podcast, This Life Ain't For Everybody, a lot up in Minnesota at Trapper's Landing, part of the Reed's family of brands. And I started to learn so many different unorthodox, out-of-the-box ways of preparing Mr. Billy Bogey's smothered deer steak at Prairie Wings Duck Club in Arkansas or the duck empanadas at Duck Guides of Argentina. And they all became part of the Provider Cookbook, the Provider Mentality at theproviderlife.com, our rubs, our original 10 in the Ultimate Pack, including the swine and the flaky, the spawn, the drop time, the foul, the crosshairs, the Brit, the dragon, the Sonora. Then we introduced the brand beef rub and the mother cluck and chicken rub. And you can find recipes at theproviderlife.com. Check out the Provider TV on the My Outdoor TV app, Mo TV, part of the Outdoor Sportsman's Group and the Outdoor Channel family of brands. We got more coming. We got so much more coming. Good luck out in the field. Good luck out on the rivers. I hope you get those wild turkey nuggets and that pickle juice right away and get ready to throw down with some different rubs on them. The provider lifestyle. We're so honored to live it. Thank you, Lord, for letting us be outdoorsmen, hunter, gatherers, conservationists, and providers. Again, theproviderlife.com. Thank you for visiting. Game, set, match. What in the f*** is up with this slap fight? Oh, God. What goes through your mind to wake up and go, you know what? I'm going to try that. I'm going to get into that. Because women do it, too. It's time for the conclusion of today's A Fit Life, the Living Stronger series. On Jack Daniels Presents, This Life Ain't For Everybody with Robin Blake from Sierra Strength and Speed and Chad Belding. Making this mid-workout broadcast possible is Resist All Hats, Cowboys Choice Feeds, and Benelli. Now back to your coach, Rob, protege Blake, and aspiring Ironman, Chad. Hot seat, what do you guys got? Is it me asking questions? We were gonna, I was going to go round table style. All right, one at a time. God, I don't even know if I have one after all that talking. Hang on, I'll have to come up with mine. <laughs> all uh, right, I'll add some. Uh, hot right, seat, I got Jack out. Daniels. Uh, I got Jack Daniels uh, bullet points in front of me of the single barrel program. Blake, 28 years old, you work out like a fiend. Do you give yourself a chance to party? Do you consume alcohol or are you very disciplined with your alcohol intake to be in what you just called the best shape that you've been in in a while? Um, I'm disciplined with my alcohol intake, but I do indulge. I do party from here and there. Um, I'm 20 years old, man. I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying uh, 
you know, living at home right now. I, I went went away for college, so I'm back. Um, I Reno's, you know, we we all grew up here. We know how Reno is, so I've been enjoying being back, um, taking opportunities to go out and uh, party a little bit with my friends. Yeah, I, I think I can say this with confidence that ladies, he's single and ready to mingle. <laughs> you can, you can indeed <laughs> say that. You can drop that one on there. All right, your turn, Rob or Blake. Ooh, Rob, what's your death row meal? Death you got one meal. meal. Like you're eating with like Suge Knight. Whoa. No, no, no. You are Suge Knight. You are Suge Knight. <laughs> you're, you're in prison like death row, Yeah. I thought maybe I was with the you're death getting row. The, you're getting the needle tomorrow. You're wow. Getting, death row meal. Oh, that's Whoa. easy. Come on. I want to go big. I, I mean, I don't want to just say steak. Uh, I guess, uh, holy crap. A killer burger, oh, literally. Okay. And uh, some sushi on the side. Why not? Ooh, Why not? Hey, you're going tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> you're disappearing tomorrow. I'll gain five pounds before they kill me off. Yeah, maybe they'll... I don't care what anybody says, man. <laughs> Eating is the, the God, shit. Awesome. <laughs> I agree. I'll say it. I want to punch Jake in the head every time he tells me one of the meals he just <laughs> before he got back to the gym. It was, it's, A big hoe. He looks like Adam Sandler. <laughs> this foot long sub. Remember that sub yeah, commercial? Yeah. That's how Jake. Is That's every Jake day. every day, three times a day. Oh, it's yeah, six times a six day. Times I got one for Chad. Favorite person to interview that I have, or I would want to. Both. Let's do both. If I had my, if I had a chance to interview anybody in the world right now. I would probably, this is going to sound really weird because I don't think a lot of people would understand why, but it would be Dana White. Okay. I think he's an incredible leader and to take a company the way he did and to drive a company the way he did. Oh yeah. Yeah. When he's not a fighter, he's like a jazzercise instructor at one time or (laughs) an aerobics instructor at one time (laughs) or some shit. No shit. Really? That I didn't know that. I think that's true. Dana, I want you on the show bad. I've asked, <laughs> I've asked every one of my fires, and I'd also like to have Joe Rogan on here because I think that he is an unbelievable grit in what, how he's achieved what he's done. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. think it's amazing what he's achieved in a world of everybody's got a podcast. Yeah. Everybody watches <laughs> Including the UFC, us. but he, he's, he just he gets it. So it would yeah. be – and somebody that okay. I have interviewed that's been my favorite – I would probably say Admiral Joe McGuire, four-star vice admiral for our Navy and Navy SEAL. Oh. Um, this What he did for our armed forces overseas in theater as vice admiral running the Navy and, and the and the SEAL Team 6. Yeah, that's big. And we're at a table like this in Arkansas one night, and I'm drinking wine with him, my buddy Brandon, and a soldier of Purple Heart recipient from Vietnam, Tom Arthur, who I still am in love with. We talk all the time. Um, I'll see him again in April at the Freedom Hunters Jim Shockey Classic in Carolina. Actually, it's in Georgia this year. Joe McGuire goes, Chow, where's the bathroom? And I says, right down there, Admiral. And he gets up to go to the piss, and Tom, all, Tom, I got to move this. Tom Arthur leans across the table, and he goes, that man, Chad, is the baddest motherfucker <laughs> on earth. And he leaned back, and he took a sip of his wine. That's all he said. Yeah. And I went. And this dude, Uh-oh. this dude you would is 5'8". 165 pounds soaking wet and wearing boots. And he says, and I, of course, you know me, I went into some questions later on that night. Yeah. And the shit that I heard, I'm like, oh, wow. I've never achieved shit in life. People (laughs) don't even know what these dudes do. And I was like, and to hear him talk on the podcast, and you saw him on the 9-11 special. He was the one standing in front of the wall in DC and saying, these were my men. That was Admiral Joe. Okay. Um, Dude, I'm talking like- that's. 
what we get to do in life, we're oh, yeah. lucky. Yeah, yeah. I, and, and he would go back and I do it I agree again. with that. That's just crazy. So I would say every Green Beret, every Delta Force, every Navy SEAL, every Special Forces, 82nd Airborne, Army Ranger, Navy SEAL, Green Beret, Delta, what am I missing? And Marine Snipers. I've, I've been with them all. I've trained with them all. And those are my favorite times in my career, Very whether cool. it's a podcast or a TV show. That's cool. Very cool. Cool. Well, the other one gonna, that I would say, and not to sound long-winded, is St. Jude's and Ronald McDonald House. I got to go experience that in Memphis and cool. got to take a five-year cool. cancer-free patient, a kid named Grant from Louisiana, with his mom, dad, and sister Alyssa on a duck hunt in Oklahoma. He lost 100% of his motor skills. And to see the therapy that that duck blind provided when my dog ran back with a duck we're holding the gun up for him and uh-huh. pointing it for him and letting yeah. him pull the trigger yeah. and to see him and his sister singing songs, knowing what this kid's been through. He was the starting center on his Pop Warner football team. Yeah. Next thing you know, he's done. Yeah. Thought he was going to die. Wow. But anyway, stuff like that would yeah. be, that's what the careers brought me. Those would be my favorite like interactions. That's cool. I'm a, we're going to go see army Navy game. That'll be pretty nice. Pretty that'll be special. It's in uh Foxborough. So where the Patriots play. Ooh, that's so a, they're that's on a, cool. they're on a little rotation deal. With Will they sell playing. the stadium like that out? Oh God. Yeah. So yeah. I think, I think the, the, what I've heard is tickets to those games are some of the hardest ones to get. So army Navy is hard army Navy. Yeah. I want to go to it. Sometime. I know. I just, the, I'll be a, that's cool. Balling baby in the, All right, there's, there's they, my question for Blake. All right. All right. Is what stadium? Because you played in the Big West. Is that we stadium? played in Mount West? Mount, Mount West, West. But we played what some stadium big non-conference. would you want to play in? Like your death row stadium? If you had one stadium one to play a college playing. football game in, in front of that crowd, would it? Be, is it because I like the two I always think of are Wolverines and Ohio State. Yeah, but yeah. what would it be? So I played at Oklahoma State, Boone's Pickens Stadium. That was crazy. That was nuts. That that was one of the coolest experiences of my life. That was like seventy thousand, seventy thousand people. Wow, probably seventy thousand, dude. That's the energy, than, that's the energy. In an NFL game, yes, yeah. Sixty-seven Most was at the Niners. Yep. Why are college yep. games so much bigger? Stillwater, Oklahoma. That's the only thing going out. out there. Like that's Saturdays but and there's Stilly. Not that many people around there. They come. They that's show like, up. That, that's like they show up. That's like Nebraska, right? When they have a football game, they're it's like the third so, biggest it's city a, in Nebraska. Yeah, they show up. Yeah, yeah. In Lincoln, if I had one state to pick in to play in, got to be the swamp. University of Florida. Oh. I grew up over Notre Dame. I was thinking over Notre, Notre, Dame. Notre Dame. No, I grew up a Tim Tebow nut. I was the a swamp. huge team. That'd Tim cool. Tebow is down there. Went Heisman. Are they good this year? Or is it Florida okay. State? That's good. They're, Florida State's really Florida State. good. Florida State's really good. Their top three. That would be another one. They're top five. Charlie I think they're Ward, the fourth. Charlie Ward, yeah, Charlie. Really? Yeah. Wow. Where did Michael Vick play college ball? Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech. Dude. We forget about him because of what happened in his career. Yeah. Dog. Call damn. That was one of my favorite players to ever watch. Yeah. yeah. When you watch a highlight reel of Michael Vick. Michael Vick made guys like me want to play football. You know, that was like yeah. probably like seven, eight years old when Michael Vick was running around. That was, was like. God, he was unreal with the ball. Unbelievable. His freaking throw that fake and then just be yeah. gone. Yeah. Lefty fast. What do you get fast. in trouble for? Dog, dog fighting? fighting? Dog fighting. Dog, dog fighting. An underground and dog fighting. Yeah. Machine. Suppose the word I was, he was just hosting them. Like, you know, whatever. It wasn't bygones be bygones. He's out. He's, he did his time. But he was like, just yeah. he did his time. <laughs> he was just hosting them. He's with like, the chain word. years over there. Chain yeah. years. I say no. Cut the chain. Yeah, he was Dana White. <laughs> He's the Dana White. I would, I, Allegedly. I, mean, I, I wonder, like, <laughs> that brings up a good point, though. Dana White's trying that. That here's a question for both of you in the hot seat. What in the fuck is up with this slap fight? Oh my uh, gosh! That's, Dude, have you mean? watched some of it? Yeah, I was gonna say. I, saw, I, saw I knew Tim you'd watch it. Who used to be in the UFC? Okay, he's a hunting buddy of mine. He did it, and I he's, saw him knock this dude. I'm like, dude, 
That guy's got brain damage. Brain damage. What are you doing to each other? I I think Dana White owns it or something. Yeah, I think he. Yeah, I think he bought it. I think he bought it. I know. I mean, who who knew knew that domestic violence would become (laughs) a a sport? (laughs) Because women do it too. Yeah, USA. USA. Slap the shit out of each other. Oh my god. So it started. Have you seen it in slow motion? Oh my god. Cheeks and freaking chalk flying. I remember on YouTube as a kid, we would watch it. They called it Samoan slaps. It would be these big Samoan dudes. They'd fill their mouths up with water and they would slap the shit out of each other, like this slap contest thing. And then now it's literally on ESPN. Like it's, it's coming it. all the way around. Dana it's White owns it. it. Yeah. They got referees. It's yeah. Like, it's, yeah. Like, it's like you're expecting them to put their elbow down and go into an mm-hmm. arm wrestling match. And then they just freaking haul off. And, and the dude, like, literally is de cleated on the floor. <laughs> got two guys holding him. Holding him. The best part. They have two guys holding him. He's like, not even breathing. Waiting behind him. I know. I'm like, I'm snoring. What goes through your mind to wake up and go, you know what? I'm going to try that. I'm going to get into that. They got their their ears packed with cotton balls. They don't blow an eardrum. It's amazing. I'm telling you, that's where it started, though. Samoan slaps on YouTube. We used to watch that shit. We were like eight, nine years old. Samoan slaps, slap boxing, and then there's a professional freaking pillow fighting league now. Pillows? With pillows? With pillows in the ring. What? The ultimate pillow fight or something. That's wild. And it's That's for wild. championship. You know about there's that ultimate one. Tag, like, there's like professional tag now. There's like a little like tag. ring. They run the round. What was the game with the Frisbee called? Was it ultimate frisbee golf? golf or ultimate no. frisbee? Oh, ultimate. Ultimate. That's, that's a football thing. with the frisbee. Yeah, that's that a was thing. fun. Yeah. That's a thing. That's an athletic sport, dude. Yeah, yeah. Oh, like yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I like that sport. Flags yeah. going into. Do you the remember? Olympics? Do you remember uh, butts up? Oh yeah, that's what they still play. They still play. They still play. Same Except concept. We're not, but you don't throw the ball. That would hurt. Yeah, that would yeah, hurt. Oh, yeah. That would hurt. No, they still play every day. They call it wall ball now. Wall ball. But, dude, that tennis ball would hit you in the ass crack or in the tailbone. Man. Oh, just the anticipation. Standing up against the wall was the worst part. The anticipation. Every, like, kid's, I'm every kid's dad and mom should build them a retaining wall in their yep. pro- on their body <laughs> yep. and let them kids become good at butts up. Yeah. Hand-eye coordination. Oh. Freaking vision. Understanding that if you touch it and it goes off, you better sprint and you get to that wall. Like <laughs> yeah. that, that game had it all. That game well, had it all. We and it some, even had contact because I'd freaking fly into the wall to get to it. Dude. Yeah, I'd whatever it takes. It. We play dodgeball. I tell we the parents we're going to play dodgeball, and and for the same reason you said, it's good. You got to move. You got to react. You got to catch the ball. You got to you know flop on the ground. Whatever. Whatever. You got to do something. You should so. bring out a toolbox of wrenches when the parents say, "Well, what?" and show them like this is how we train. If you can if dodge you, a wrench, if you can dodge a wrench. <laughs> we go right out there in traffic. We got some good traffic right outside. Yeah. All right. I got one more. I got one more. Okay. I got a couple more if we got time. But this is this one can kind of go to both you guys. It doesn't matter. If money didn't matter anything, and you had to, you had to change careers, money didn't matter. You could you could be a, instantly top of your well, class in a new field, chef, astronaut, whatever you want. What would it be? You just you. Said it. Look at you, That's chef. Exactly what I was just gonna say, a chef astronaut. Be, I would be a Michelin star, yeah. American Culinary Institute trained chef that had my own restaurant. Probably like a Gordon Ramsay that I got to go and do promotions, have my own TV show like Hell's Kitchen, and then charge ninety dollars for a fucking beef Wellington. That's it's good, but it ain't worth ninety bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank you, Hell's Kitchen. It's good, but that dude's a badass. That dude's a badass. and I would be a chef. Okay, I chef. love cooking. I love. All right, I like that. I like. Wow, that. that's good. we're gonna need to compare notes. I'm an aspiring chef right now. Well, and, and, and I was gonna say come out earlier with me. All right, earlier when it. I said my burger. Okay. I wanted to cook by Chad. I okay. forgot to throw that out. My smash burgers are legit. Right. I've heard. You know, I don't. I think it'd be really cool to fly in one of those jets. I'd probably have to 
I'd probably have to be a different person so I wouldn't get sick, you know, but that would be freaking amazing flying in a flying so, in a jet. So like that. You cheated That's because cool. if I wouldn't have had my back to this, I would have mentioned this about my life cuz Bo Jackson okay. in his book Bo knows Bo talks about when he went up in the F15 or 16. That's Brian Moore. He did 311 missions as a fighter pilot. Now he's a instructor Damn. at Top Gun and he's a full-time pilot for United. He's married to Wade's sister. Okay. Rachel, okay. A fighter pilot. Okay. Okay. She trains fighter pilots. Okay. She's a full time for American, and she flies those fucking jets it's by herself. Freaking, it's so That's cool. Nuts. That's him flying it. Tom it's went so... down and did all this photography. That dude did three hundred and eleven missions as a fighter pilot over. Ah, and when you talk crazy. to him. He'll just be like, dude, tell me about the duck hunt. I'm like, no. <laughs> no. It's not where this is it's going. It's not even worth mentioning, let alone what, what you've done in your life. Yeah. It's yeah, no, that's, that's amazing. I did a three-part podcast interview with him. Oh, I did five man. hours with him. Wow. And to hear his stories and to see the tears falling down his cheeks uh, talking to me. Yeah. Dude, if you disrespect our military, yeah. you're no friend of mine. Yeah. No friend of mine. Well, if I could handle it, that'd be cool. That's Speaking cool. of that, thank you for firing Gabe Kapler from the San Francisco Giants. I don't think that he has any place in baseball, and it was a shame what you did to the San Francisco Giants of not standing for our national anthem. And good for you, Coach Bob Melvin, that just got hired. I, the other day in the I'm press conference, he guy. says, myself and everybody else on this team will stand for the national that's anthem. You know what? That's, that's what I love. Shit. That's I, good shit. That's how it always when, should be. When I go to those games, man, I yeah, that's the best part. Our, our military says, Watching well, we fight for your freedoms to burn the flag if you want or not stand for that. And they do. Yeah, I and know. they do. Freedom of speech, but it's still not it's right. It's tough to do. No. Yeah. That just lies on the individual. Like, who oh, do you want to be, you know? Yeah. Who do you want to be on the individual? Yeah. As an I individual. No offense, Gabe, but go get another hand tattoo and go over to Europe. <laughs> I wouldn't play for you. I wouldn't play for you. Wow. Sorry, Rob. This is the Triple S podcast. It's all the, good. The, the, did I, the, did the, I make a bad? The opinions of the one Chad Belding do not reflect the opinions <laughs> of the host or the co-host of the Triple S podcast. You should hear the shit we say at the gym. <laughs> exactly. Now you know I have all those just ready. I, 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 if, I I ugly, if I get ugly I here. too much well, shit. I'll take a picture of that today. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's not, that, those literally are getting ready to be cleaned right now. I just went and... Damn. Just went and did a big thing with them. I'm going Saturday. I'm taking a list of Saturday for um, Super Black Eagle 20 gauge training shotgun and Sig Sauer 22 handgun training. Nice. We're going up. Damn. We're going out here 17 miles north with a sergeant for Reno PD who does all my gun stuff for me. He's uh -huh. on this podcast all the time for the Sig Sauer Peace of Mind series, and he's going to train Alyssa and okay. me because. And then next Thursday, I go to Dallas to do the real thing with Sig Sauer. Really? The whole company and all the all the, all the the military. Wow. A guy named That's Jason St. John. That's cool. You guys want to hear a story? Go listen to my podcast with Jason St. John, all 10 of them. Shit. I'll tell really? you offline. I can't tell you what he's done. But <laughs> it's freaking unreal. Really? Yeah. That's all right. All right. Are we good? Yeah. yeah we should it. end it. It's our. I got to be at the gym in 45 minutes. And I know that you're already going to send me a text in traffic, going to be late, get warmed up, get hydrated. Blake wants you to do that. Oh, you're training me? You, oh, I'll you're taking you the rest of the day off. I'm going to go screw off. I knew you were. <laughs> I'll train with Blake. We'll get after it. I'll train. But after what about this? my blood pressure? I'm going to take your blood pressure. Where? I can tell where it is. Are right you going to go to the I gym get, at all? You're good. I can tell. Are you going to yeah. the gym at all? I'll see you there. Before I'll you leave, will you come by and take it? Yeah. I got to tell I gotcha. my cardiologist something. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> of course. Have I ever let you down? No, but you made okay. it sound like I'm going to have to start drinking this tonight. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> That's it. We're out of here. We're going deep today, Chad. See ya. Let's build up our strength and today's youth. He called me the biggest recruiting mistake that he ever made. As a coach, you can raise these kids up to another level if yeah. you try. That's not like you suck. That is literally being called a freaking piece of shit. <laughs> Become a Fit Life, the Living Stronger series junkie by catching up with Rob and Blake from Sierra Strength and Speed by listening to every episode on SoundCloud, iHeart, Spotify, ThisLifeAintForEverybody.com or on your preferred stream platform. Thanks to Napa Valley Olive Oil and American Almond Beef, Rob, Blake, and Chad will return in a moment. Stay right there. It's called Benelli's The Foul Life for a reason. We love Benelli. They are the top shelf of waterfowl shotguns, all shotguns for that matter in my opinion, but when you start talking about duck blinds, goose blinds, lay down blinds, panel blinds, pit blinds, the debris, the wear and tear, everything that we put our guns through throughout a duck season, whether it's a 60 day duck season in the south or you start up north and north of the border in Canada, Alberta, Saskatchewan and follow the migration south, some of us, myself included, hunt over 120 days a year and every single time I squeeze that Benelli trigger, it goes bam. I'm so proud and honored to be part of the Benelli family and when it comes to the Super Black Eagle 3 the 12 gauge the 20 gauge the 28 gauge I absolutely love this line of shotguns the inertia every single thing from the rib down to the sight to the choke tube to the constrictions the performance is what it's all about with Benelli the Super Black Eagle series in 12 gauge 20 gauge and 28 gauge whether you get Rob Roberts to build the performance shop or you keep them straight out of the box factory they perform they're simply perfect. It's Benelli. It's the confidence of shouldering that shotgun and the responsibility of pointing it at a live animal and squeezing that trigger. The dispatch, humane, ethics, everything that goes into it. Benelli believes in the culture of the duck hunter, the goose hunter, the turkey hunter, the upland hunter. So whether you're doing sporting clays, whether you're chasing waterfowl, chasing upland, chasing turkeys, Benelli builds a shotgun for you. Benelli's the foul life. They're 13 seasons as our title sponsor. Can you imagine this relationship thank you benelli thank you all for supporting benelli and i know it's all of our goal to walk into that sporting good that benelli dealer that store and say let me shoulder that super black eagle and now you can do it in so many gauges the sub gauges included we're fired up good luck this season stay safe out there and shoot straight shoot benelli Looking for a high-quality truck accessory that's built to last? Look no further than Lear. With over 50 years of experience in the industry, these guys know what it takes to make your ride look and performance best. Whether you're looking for a fiberglass or aluminum cap, a hard or soft cover, or accessories to customize your truck, Lear's got you covered. Their products are made with only the best materials, and their innovative features provide added convenience and security for truck owners. Head over to Lear.com to explore their range of products and take your driving experience to the next level. Vision. I just had a lens retraction surgery last year. It's pretty much like cataracts that you're gonna get in your 60s, 70s, everybody's gonna get it. Once you get it, your vision is there, it's never changing. Artificial lenses, I had it at 40s and I'm telling you with what I do with duck hunting and scouting and watching my daughter grow up, I'm just so thankful that I'm back to 2015 in my right eye and 2020 in my left eye, thanks to Dr. Matt Mills, who you've all heard on our podcast. But I wanna protect my eyes and that's exactly where one of our 
badass partners comes in oakley oakley eyewear the oakley culture the oakley lifestyle protect your vision when you're shooting when you're fishing nothing worse than getting a hook in the eye with somebody casting on the same boat you just can't take it for granted the damage the sun can cause the rays the uv just keeping the dust and the dirt out of your eyes just everything during a hunt pit blind boat blind it doesn't matter sun up they make different lenses for different skies they're sold all over the world and they support the military and the blue line and conservation and hunting and fishing in the outdoors and living off the land. And we never hunt without our Oakleys. Everybody's like, why you always got your sunglasses on? Shouldn't be wearing sunglasses. You probably shouldn't in turkey hunting. I don't wear them in turkey hunting because of the vision of a turkey and the reflection. But when I'm shooting trap range or the sporting clays or the skeet or the five stand, or I'm in a duck hunt or a goose hunt, I have my Oakleys with me at all time. I put them in my banded backpack. I have them in an Oakley hard case. I keep them protected. The prism, lenses, everything that goes in to the technology behind the Oakley brand and the frames, the function of them, all of the different lenses that you can get, like I mentioned, and the way they protect our eyes. The prism lens technology is second to none. You got to get a pair of Oakleys. I know there's a lot of choices out there when you want to protect your eyes, but remember, please support the brands that support this lifestyle. Oakley, the official eyewear of the Foul Life TV, the Foul Life podcast, and everything we do here at the provider and where the pavement ends. Thank you so much for supporting Oakley. Hey everybody, you know we are a huge fan of Jack Daniels, not just their product, but their mission, their culture, Lynchburg, Tennessee, the people. And we want to introduce you to the Jack Daniels Single Barrel Program. Join us at jackdaniels.com and learn about the Single Barrel Program, visiting Lynchburg, Tennessee, participating in a barrel tasting, a whiskey tasting, picking your favorite flavor, whether it's the burn in your mouth, whether it's the maple, whether it's the different combination of flavors that you are going to experience in each of the distinct bottles of Jack Daniels Single Barrel, you're going to be able to choose the best one, your favorite one, and purchase that entire barrel. It all comes bottled in individual single barrel bottles. You get your own hanging name tag, brand tag, your logo on it. You can give them away as gifts. Go knock on the door of a landowner and say, thank you for letting me hunt your field. There's so many options with the Jack Daniels Single Barrel Program. We're proud to be part of it. We have introduced it to so many of our friends and family across the country, whether it was at a business, whether it was at a duck lodge, whether it was at a conservation event. It is truly an awesome program. Learn more about it at jackdaniels.com. The single barrel program we've been involved for the last five years i'm looking at two of my barrels right now we just got our 2023 barrel in the single barrel rye absolutely mesmerizing my brother clint's old fashions with it speak for themselves it's the jack daniels single barrel program check it out learn about it i hope you decide to visit lynchburg tennessee and get your own barrel thank you very much The rest of your life begins today. Like, I've gained strength in my 40s that I never had in my 30s and 20s. Which is awesome. If you don't have a fitness journey, my advice would be to start one and start the first chapter. It's never too late. Thanks for believing in and listening to A Fit Life, the Living Stronger series with Robin Blake from Sierra Strength and Speed. Catch all new episodes and archive broadcasts on SoundCloud, iHeart, Spotify, ThisLifeAin'tForEverybody.com, or on your preferred streaming platform get swollen whole and stay fired up